This podcast is for mature audiences only and may include cussing, cursing, fidgeting, rambling, insensitive or irreverent material, slurs, catchphrases, expressions, lamentations, and or degradations that aren't suitable for young folk. Also, we'll be talking about the reefer. That wizard came from the moon. Welcome to the Purple Dungeon Squid, the podcast for gamers that toke. If you love the green and you love the screen, then you're in the right place, friend, because we're here to shoot the breeze on some dank strains and some video games. This week on Purple Dungeon Squid, Dan comes out swinging for the fences, and so does Nintendo, with some hot, hot Pokemon and Smash Bros. release rumors. Andy dives deep into the masochistic dungeon of Crawl, while Fortnite takes the next step towards world domination. Uh, Estonia learns how to party, and so does Gene Simmons. We get down with some cotton mouth and play with some blocks in Portal Might. We'll also be settling in for a smoke sash with our strain and our munchie of the week and taking the death road to Canada. So stick around for that because it's going to be a good, good time. I'm your host, Andy, and with me as always is the one, the only, my chief pomplamoose, Dank Dan. Centrifuges are hot. Plasma's at 158 degrees Kelvin. Let's drill the center of this moon rock. Ooh, I, I like that you have a drilling reference and a space reference in the same sentence. It's like you uh, its like you were inside my head and my, my innermost desire to be a space miner. Elon Musk and I have a blog together. It's called Dan on Musk. And, uh, you know, Musky it's been Dan. top of mind. Musk, well, I, we got sued by Steely Dan, so we had to walk that one back. I see. Uh, but I, like, I like fishing for Musky. Oh, right, right, right. Sometimes you got to cast that line into an ephemeral space uh, between Jupiter and Mars and, and see what you get. I like going fishing in the lake. Okay, that's a little more brass tacks, but I like that. Yeah, listen, man, when you're reaching into your tackle box and fingering a new lure, you know, you feel a little bit closer to God. Am I right? Careful, you're going to catch a hook. Ah, uh, well, the only hook that I've caught in recent memory is you. hey Hey, Dank Dan. How you doing, my good dude? I am fantastic 5x5 five five Freddy. How are you? Uh, that is not a thing. I'm doing, <laughs> doing quite well, buddy. Doing quite well. Um, you know, I'm still getting over the insatiable fury uh, burning in the, in the coal furnace of my heart about last week's episode, which, as it turns out, was recorded sans audio. Yeah, so in- insoluble again. And this time, I'm happy to say... Not Dank Dan's fault. Not Dank Dan's fault this time. No, no, that was cheap. That was chiefly Andy's fault. A little bit of Dank Dan in there. No, just there's no Dank Dan in there. It was all me. You know, um, what? I, I love, I love you. Wanted to share everything around. You share around the credit. Share around a little bit of the blame. You know, but me and uh, Admiral Audio Technica, my uh, my mic, we're going solid. But the the I heard the sound test came back uh, positive. It is a girl, and we're ready to record. Yes, the uh, sound, sound test did come back positive, um, and hopefully we'll be able to get through the majority of this episode today without any glitches, any uh, technical feedbacks, any mouse clicks, anything else that could otherwise uh, create ambient 
sound discordant sound in this um you know in this very pleasurable journey through to video game nirvana oh i love it let's get into it yeah man so how's it been it's you know i think the last time you and i chatted i had not yet left for vegas or maybe i had just returned you were you're always either just returning or just leaving from vegas so that's true almost without question I just I wanted to, so here's here's why I ask because it's all just blurring together. Yeah, <laughs> it's been, yeah. it's been a while. Um, I'm asking because I got some beautiful blue dream down in Vegas that I had to had to kind of share with you. It's actually there's a photo up on the Instagram feed of this nice big nug that I picked up uh, on, and had on my bedside table. We were rolling rolling joints all week on it. Um, first of all, I'd never had blue dream before. Have you have you had an opportunity? Uh, I've dabbled just barely. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd never had Blue Dream. And, you know, it's a pretty hyped up strain. There's lots of folks out there that are diehard Blue Dream fans. And I could not find it at a dispensary. Or I shouldn't say that. We went to 420 Sahara. They had some. It looked a little looked a little dry. It wasn't really, it wasn't really feeling it. It was like 17 bucks a gram. So I wasn't feeling that. Um, but there was, uh, there was a friendly plug. Uh, locally that had um, yeah had a nice little stock so I, I, I boned up on some blue dream and had a had a beautiful week of utter relaxation which is a strange thing for Vegas but there you go blue dream you know when you go to Vegas as often as you do Andy you kind of got to make it your own you know and sure. and and break from the path of the 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 weekend warrior the bachelor party the degenerate gambler and just just do you yeah, man. Just head on down, read a couple wholesome books about you know personal achievement, and uh, clock into bed at like nine thirty after smoking a big fucking joint. Keeping it legit. I like that. Yeah. Uh, speaking about going to bed after smoking weed, I actually had some purple crack last night. People <laughs> trying to get into bed, which is just, just for what? everybody. Yeah, I had a little purple crack. Um, it's it's I guess a mix of purple something or other uh, and green crack. Um, another strain I hadn't tried before, and let me just recommend to everybody out there in Purple Dungeon Squidland, don't smoke purple crack at bedtime because you will be up forever. You laid down, you tucked yourself in, you shut off the light, and you put the two paddles of the defibrillator up to your chest and just said, clear. Yeah, man. I, uh, I closed <laughs> my eyes with the intention of sleeping and nope. ended up writing my whole autobiography in my mind. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what's the pretty... uh, what's the autobiography titled? Um, uh, Messy Snakes. I would say it would be called Andy: The Story Turning No into Yes Without Duct Tape. Oh, that one's a lot better. Uh, sometimes with duct tape, though. Uh oh. Uh oh. Andy, well, did I tell you? Did I tell you about Comic Con? Um, you haven't. I mean, I we should. <laughs> It's funny because like we were so eager to talk about things that we kind of just jumped into it. But um, you know, for for those of us or for those of you rather, not us, uh, talking to ourselves is a strange phenomenon. Um, for those of you out there in Purple Dungeon Squidland that have never uh, that have never tuned in before, this is a podcast about video games and weed, and we are going to talk about those two things at length today after smoking some bowls, nonetheless. It'll so, happen. Yeah, so so thanks for joining us. We're we're pretty pumped to get this rolling this here episode fifteen. Already episode fifteen. That's that's pretty neat, Dan. It felt like only fourteen episodes ago we started. It wasn't. It was about thirty episodes ago because there right. have been there have been so many false starts and broken episodes as evidenced by last week's debacle. I don't recall that. That's uh, for the record. This is number fifteen. Yeah, well, we've basically been podcasting for like 25 years, uh, but episode yeah. 15 is here, and we're, we're very proud, um, and you went to Comic-Con. 
I did. So we, we went to Toronto Comic Con. Uh, me and my my sweet sweet lady. It's actually uh, the first uh, place I took her on a date. I didn't tell her where we we're going. I said to dr- wear whatever she wants. It could get crazy. And uh, so I took her to Comic-Con, and it was a little bit of a litmus test because that could have been first and last or uh, love of my life, and luckily it Oh, uh, so it sorry, the, the Comic-Con you took her to that was your first date, this was several years ago. It was, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, a lot of years about ago, this about has now Comic-Con. come up to speed on uh, the, the most recent Comic-Con. I see, I understand. And that's awesome. And I think we actually went to a Comic-Con with you and 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 uh, and your lovely lady. Um, was that your first date? No. Clearly no. not. No, no, no. That's, I think that was number two, my man. That was year number two. Year two of Comic-Con. Wow. That's a bold first date choice. I just I, I got to throw it out there because, you know, your, your girl is lovely, pretty girl, not super nerdy. I mean, a little nerdy, but, like, not that nerdy. She's secret nerdy, my man. She really is. She, she's been uh, DSing for quite some time. And, you know, sometimes you got to throw a signal up that lets a lady uh, know how nerdy she can be. And uh, taking her to Comic-Con uh, D1, that, that's, a, that's a bold strategy. And I, 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 went, I went wide with it, and it paid off. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like when you're like in a Honda Civic that's been souped up to the max and you pull up to another Honda Civic and you both rev your engines. It's like it's like that little moment of recognition. I would never do that, but, you know, it seems seems apt. I mean, your story sounds like you have done that and you have a little bit of like a, a Tokyo Drift story on a budget. That I, I got to tell you, it was Tokyo Drift. I was with a good friend, Jeff Damon. Shout out to you. Um, oh, he, you're giving a shout out to Jeffrey Damon, my, Jeffrey old, Damon. my old neighbor. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> that's yep. what happens when you live in a small town. That's uh, right. No, he was a good dude. I was friends, a good friends with him for approximately six months. It was like this weird period between the right. end of high school and the mm-hmm. middle of my first year of university. And yep. I recall coming back home often so that we could drift around in the snowbank shortly after Tokyo Drift was uh, released. Like, I don't know. Whatever, maybe maybe the year it was released, um, just smashing his, uh, his Honda Civic all over the place, and you know eventually we ended up on the 401, and his alternator died, and that was the last time I hung out with him. Oh man, you abandoned him in his moment of need. I love it. We abandoned the car, got on a go train, and then I never saw him again. Jeff, you, what's up? Yeah, hit him, hit him up, hit him up on Twitter, blast him out. So uh, this year at Comic Con was glorious one. Uh, Stace uh, and I do dress up. And uh, she did a very deep cut, uh, a character by the name of Snot Girl. You know, uh, hit us up on the Instagram if you know who Snot Girl is. Um, Snot it was Girl. Gra- it was a, like a deep cut. She's a, a new character in a, in a little comic book series that I, uh, is uh, uh, about a girl with allergies. Um, that she, she's like not- more than a little secretly nerdy. This is like she's not Wonder Woman. She's Snot Girl. Right. Well, man, you got to understand that I've guided her deeper and deeper. I've been like the Sith Lord to her apprentice. Right. So, you know, I'm taking her to the Harry Tarantula. I'm, I'm guiding her to comic books. I'm like, just pick whatever you like. I'm the dark influence. I, I would say that the first one is free, but they've all been three. I, I will buy my girlfriend comic books till the end of time. Like that's that's an unlimited budget. Nice. You know what I, I like mean? that. Yeah. So what do I have uh, to do to get in on that budget? Uh, I mean, man, what haven't you done to get in on that budget? Uh, but that said, Fair point. Uh, you know, we were tour- toured around Comic-Con. It, you know, it's got bigger as the years go on. And uh, we made sure to stop by and see our, our buddy, um, Fred Kennedy, uh, better known as Fearless Fred at uh, 102.1 
uh, is it The Edge? No, he's probably moved on. I'm like misquoting him. He's probably moved to another station. So that there's, said, a radio, there's a radio station? Yeah. Recorded mediums? I just, I don't think they're going to be around for much longer. Uh, I mean, we're kind of going head to head, aren't we? <laughs> That's cool, man. So you have a friend who worked at the radio station. He's also a comic artist. And I and I overstayed. I, I go. I've gone and seen him the last couple of years because he's a comic book book artist and, and a really legit guy. Um, yeah, funny as hell. And he's uh, penned this comic called The Fourth Planet. And oh, yeah. uh, I picked up uh, the the complete issues that have been released thus far, and it's like dystopic future in uh, uh, space where humanity has been pushed to the brink. There's only a small collection and they're sort of thrown in to, uh, or they're trying to survive in a chaotic uh, interstellar world. And it's got, oh. like, as the art is amazing as you sort of leaf through it. It's got bold red and grace colors and you're dealing with a lot of, like, it, it feels almost like Spartan images and I'm I'm getting ready to, to jump into it, but amazing comic, The Fourth Planet. Um, check it out if you're into comics at all. Yeah, I really wanted to. Uh, I really wanted to jump down your throat about talking about comics because I got so much flack for my <laughs> for my board game deep cut last week. But I got to be honest, it sounds pretty pretty cool. It sounds like a pretty neat comic. Let me ask you, just so I can get a flavor for it, if the uh, protagonist of this comic book was played by an actor, who would it be? No idea. I haven't read it, uh, but uh, I would oh. say let's say straight off the dome, um, Fred Armiston. Fred Armiston, solid choice. All right, now that's cool. I say Fred and I are friends, but we are acquaintances at best. I don't want to. I don't want to over because I have name dropped. So let me let me walk it back. I'm I'm looking forward to meeting. <laughs> He's listening him for to this podcast. Time. Like, who the <laughs> fuck is this guy? <laughs> that's right. This guy. I'm like, we have. I have his kidney. Um, three kidneys now. I didn't need it, but you know, sometimes you need a supplementary kidney. My good friend Fred. He uh, he normally goes to bed at around nine thirty. Sure. <laughs> that's just, I know terrifying. because I have binoculars and we're making this thing work. It's long Don't distance. Don't we all have binoculars? I'm in the, the bushes. He's in his house. Listen, man, everyone's always watching and everyone's always being watched. Wow. A little deep state action there. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe maybe want to walk that one back. Um Boy, so, so when I was in Vegas, I just you know I, I made a little commitment to myself to uh, to jump out and, and hit up some of the video game stores locally. I, you know I like hitting up local um, used specifically video game shops. And in the U.S., there's a, there seems to be a lot more independent video game stores than there are in Canada. Like we've got plenty of you know game stops as well as used video stores. Game stops like the. Um, Sorry, it's EB Games up here. That's like the the Canadian equivalent of GameStop. But they it's seem to so have like Canadian that it has a, a francophone name. It's Electronics, a boutique. Ah, Electronics Boutique. Yes, um, but you know, down down in the states, it seems like there are plenty of new video game stores that are independently owned, which is kind of cool. I like that. That being said, I had no opportunity to to hit one up locally. Um, so when I got back, there was that burning desire in me. You know, Vegas, sometimes you lose track of time. So when I got back, I hit up a local video game store up here called Simply Games. It's just games. And, you know, to me, that's like, uh, yeah. Right you know to what? the point. No Right nonsense. to the point. Really challenging to Google that store just to work clear. <laughs> it's like, right. what is the name of that game store in North Oshawa? Games? Um, but, you know, I digress. I walked in through the front door, and they had a copy of uh, Secret of Man... No, 
Is it Secret of Mana? No, excuse me. It's Chrono Trigger. A Ooh. mint inbox copy of Chrono Trigger for the Ooh. Super Nintendo. Commence Which the drool. Commence the drool. And you know, I've got um, I've got a Super Nintendo. I don't have that particular title. And it's a little bit of a bitch now because everyone's really into retro gaming. Like retro gaming obviously has made a... I mean, you just have to jump on Instagram and see the, you know, endless folks that are posting photos and, and video clips from, from classic gaming. Um but it's it's become such a thing that hunting down any of these kind of like grail titles has become functionally impossible. Like unless you're ready to dish hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a copy of Chrono Trigger, you got to play it on iOS, which let's be real is not so much fun. The crazy thing about it though is not only was it a mint new in box copy of Chrono Trigger, it wasn't for sale, man. <laughs> I walked through the front door, I'm like, "Hey, how much is the Chrono Trigger?" They're like, "Oh, that case." is just for display oh man they dangle it out there it's in a case you can see it because like listen if it's not for sale like if it's really 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 not for sale it's like in a safe somewhere right you know what i mean if it's like uh the uh pendergrass snuff film that's not on display it's it's down buried beneath the earth but they're displaying mm. it and they're waiting for gentlemen just like yourself to come and ask so they can they can hoist it high. How'd you, how'd yeah. you take that, my man? I, I took it on the nose a little bit because like I rolled in. <laughs> and here's, here's the thing. I've already got this inner monologue about the retro gaming culture being such a, you know, it's 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 There's some gatekeeping. Up. There's a little bit right. of gatekeeping. There's some gatekeeping. There's a little elitism going on there. Sure. Listen, man, I played retro some games. Good there's, some, there's some welcoming communities. There is, there is, yeah. but you know, yeah. I, I was a you know I was a gamer of that era. Sure. I didn't spend a lot of time on the original Nintendo Entertainment System, but you know, I was right in there with with Genesis and a little bit of Super Nintendo at, at my neighbor's house. Um, but you know, it just it feels it feels not particularly inclusive at this point, just because it's become so popular that you you don't have to worry about moving your stock of you know premium retro games. There's always a market for it, so I get it. But I also don't appreciate like rolling into a retail store and getting juiced up to like at least understand the the, the barrier for entry and something and just just to be snubbed snubbed it away. Is, it's no longer a game. It's like a relic at the center of the pyramid that is games and you came and you knelt at the throne and you said yeah, sire may yeah. i trigger said chrono and he said no the hallowed in minton box chrono trigger is load bearing yeah. in this facility I, I feel like i needed to walk in with like a disciple's robe sewn uh um, right with nothing but hundred dollar bills and um you know there was is probably some money, sort of andy is it about i think money it's, or is it about cred I think it's about both. I think it's right. I think it's about getting yourself naked with your hundred dollar bill robe, presenting it in an orderly fashion uh, right. to the you know to the video game gods of yore, yeah. um, and then and then being bestowed with the mint and box Chrono Trigger. I mean, you, I don't know, fever dream, reality, who knows? You know what? You know what the problem was. What was the problem? You did not launch forth uh, immediately the secret code. Oh, entry. What's the secret code? Uh, you needed to close one eye hold out your left hand and say up down up down left right left right a b a b's <laughs> leg start and he would uh, say right this right this way yeah i feel like that's the direction we're heading here with retro gaming because like you know th these titles so in demand and and i just 
I want to go scrap. Like, here's the fantasy, right? The fantasy is that you roll into some off the beaten path video game store where some, you know, <laughs> some storekeeper without access to eBay or the internet <laughs> is sitting on, you know, a, a, a veritable pile of ancient games just ready to be purchased for like a dollar fifty. And everything, everything in this world points to exactly the opposite. Now we've got, you know, secret cult handshakes. Um, for the privilege of purchasing, you know these 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 lovely games. So, the anyway. Long story short, um, you know my experience of the uh, of the used game store has been a little bit, a little bit bittersweet recently. You know, it's it's a bit of a pain in the ass to roll in and and kind of not 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 really be able to find any of those kind of hunt for titles. That being said, it, there's still there's still enough of. Um, there's still enough of a pool of inventory available for some titles, for example, for PS Vita, for PSP, for some of those like mid-tier consoles like PS3, PS2 that aren't particularly retro yet. Uh, that you know you can still find some good good hauls, but yeah. the yeah the retro the retro game you know grails unfortunately are are not to be found among the uh, among the video game resellers of this world at least for now. What we need to do is get a, a vintage Firebird. And a couple of pairs of aviators and leather uh, uh, jackets, and bomb around our uh, local communities, checking out yard sales, looking for mothers and grandmothers between the ages of, let's call it 55 and 78, that are selling a Rubbermaid tub of games that our little Johnny used to play in. I just got to clean out that attic. That's that's the holy grail. Because I mean, you're gonna that, you're gonna you're gonna have to sit through you know uh, a pretty long story about how little Johnny is now a big lawyer in the big city. But I, I'm okay with that if it means that I can get my grubby paws on his uh, his underserviced SNES. Listen, you're married. You have uh, practiced the art of nodding, smiling, and and not listening. I know this. Oh, oh, this is true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> This is true. Uh, shout out to my lovely wife, um, who probably is 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 darn happy that I haven't come home with a Rubbermaid tub filled with video games. <laughs> I think mm. she's probably okay with that, or really anything for that matter. Or, or yeah, I mean, you know, just stuff it all in the basement. Yeah, uh, right into be, the basement, guarded by kinda, spiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, being de- slowly devoured by mold. <laughs> it's like mm, I've make got sure it's airtight. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny because like there's there's between board games and and video games, you know, there's just some that don't make the cut of the mm. very small gaming room I have in the top floor of my home, and you know, so those folks have to hang out in the basement. Those those maybe B class titles, and you know, you'll pick them up thirty, forty, fifty dollars, put them down there after playing them for a week or two, and you'll come back two, three years later, and they will have been consumed wholesale by the uh, <laughs> by the environment down there. They've grown into <laughs> the basement. They're uh, they're now a permanent fixture. This okay. is their final re- final resting place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, dude. Well, listen, I want to get into talking about some of the games we. I mean, and it's kind of hard for me to even remember. It's been a it's been a couple weeks with this this technical issue. So you know, I've, I've played quite a few games in the past little while. One thing I did do though was deploy my switch on the airplane, and I got to tell you. Playing Switch on an airplane is probably, it's like, 
I've already used gaming nirvana, but it is genuinely gaming nirvana. Like, you remember when you were a kid sitting in the back of mom's sedan, all you wanted was a video game console that, like, plugged into the cigarette lighter and one of those next-generation little mini TVs that drops out of the top of your Honda Odyssey. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, that's the, that's the fantasy all day, right? That's, that's what you want. I mean, you've played I Spy for 13 hours. Florida is still four hours away. And you hate your sibling that's beside you. Just, right. dear Jesus, please give to me a CRT screen powered by nuclear fusion and some Super Mario Brothers 3. Sweet right. Lord. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, Dad's only buying you 50-plus batteries one time for your game gear. Those those were gone in Illinois. Um, right. Right. So, you know, I mean, this was that experience. This was the experience of pulling out a slim package. Boy, that, yikes. Pulling out a slim package, oh, no, no. just propping it up nicely on the uh, on the tray table. I had my uh, my coworker with me, and we sat back and enjoyed a beautiful gaming session from the comfort of our airplane chairs. It was like, listen, Nintendo Switch, you, you're hitting all my buttons. You're hitting all the right buttons. Mobile gaming has completely revolutionized the amount of gaming that I can get in, and the fact that I don't have to futz around on an airplane, either pretending to do work or watching videos, movies that came out six years ago, I'm very happy with that. You're, you're now not killing time. This is, this is the reason for the flight season. Now you can justify setting that up and banging out some Breath of the Wild or some co-op uh, Mario Kart. And what I love is that you're, you're blowing down like it's the back of your minivan. And that, totally. that's, that seems so great because what I've been trying to do is, is you know, when I'm rolling onto the plane, I'm, I'm wearing a full suit. You know, I, I have a, a leather-bound briefcase. I'm pulling out documents. I just want everybody to think I'm important. Sweet, sweet right. God, let right. them know how important I am. This is just so freeing. You know, <laughs> you're just chilling. I mean, the stewardess brings you by some juice boxes. You know, it's just this is this is where I need to move to. This is my yes. new. This is my new thing. Yeah, it's true. And you know, I mean, when the uh, when the hot airplane stewardess comes by and asks you if you're an unaccompanied minor, his name is Glenn. His name is Glenn. <laughs> it's you just have to take that in stride. Well, yes, sure. I I am a little older than uh, than this would su- this activity would suggest. Mm-hmm. Um, no, mm-hmm. man, hell with that. You know what? Let me tell you, when you pull out Mario Kart on an airplane. Everybody's jealous. I don't give a shit who you are because they're watching Gilmore Girls and you're playing fucking Mario Kart. And you know what? The best part is is I've got an extra pair of Joy-Con in there. We can do four-player. All you got to do is ask. Oh, Oh, yeah. Aisle 21 just got lit up. If you were traveling solo... Like you've just become someone's lifetime buddy. They would oh, yeah. send you uh, a pint of O positive blood. Uh, oh yeah. You know, they would notify your next of kin. You've given them the kind of solid that can't be, you know, compared to anything like that. Until is, I until I hit him with the blue shell. Ooh, and then back to Nemesis and mode. Fr- friendship, friendship over. Friendship, friendship over. canceled. Friendship canceled. I, I did buy Skyrim for the Switch, and I'll save that for another day because a you probably don't need a Skyrim Nobody review. Needs to hear about Skyrim. What's this <laughs> new fun game called oh, Skyrim. Skyrim? You don't say. Yeah, I've been playing that on my fucking toaster for the last six months. But the mm-hmm. thing about Skyrim. Oh, anyway, I won't go into Skyrim. Suffice to say, it is everything I wanted on the Switch. It's a beautiful single. In fact, I actually just. 
another trip has happened. I just got back from Calgary, uh, spent the whole time playing Skyrim. What a treat. I guess that was a mini review of Skyrim, but you I'll did. talk you, about you it You dropped again. it down. Is Skyrim good, Andy? Is that, is that a good I game? Mean, yeah, you know, I, 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 no comment. No comment. I'll save it for the mystery. <laughs> I tried uh, to bait you, and I couldn't, and I applaud your restraint. Yes, man. Well, you are indeed the master baiter. Uh, and it. now for our sponsors. Yes, you heard it. This episode of Purple Dungeon Squid is brought to you by Video Games and Weed. Video Games and Weed, you've been there for us since episode one, since episode 15, take one, uh, since episode minus four. And we're very happy to have you around. That said, if you want to be a real sponsor of the show, the paying kind, the kind with the dinero, feel free to hit us up at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. We will rep your brand. We'll talk about you till we're blue in the face. Hell, you can have a picture of me and my underoos. Just go ahead and hit us up at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. Please, the debt is crippling. Um, this episode of Dungeons, Purple Dungeon Squid is also brought to you by Jeff Sessions Birthday Party. Hey, Beauregard, go ahead and serve out that angel sponge cake while I bring out some of this unflavored yogurt. Ding dong, who could it be? Oh, it's a U.S. federal marshal with federal indictments. Oh, man. <laughs> the unflavored yogurt got me. Brought to you by Coffee Whitener. Because sometimes your coffee is a little bit threatening. Add some Coffee Whitener. <laughs> Jesus. Coffee Darkener. Hey, baby. You want some Java? <laughs> that's it. That's, it. <laughs> that's all you got. All right, I'll, I'll let it pass. Brought to you by when your favorite shirt shrinks up. Because you're not gaining weight, it's the dryer. It's <laughs> every time. I am on a uh, fully no-carb experience. I don't like to call it diet. You know, I'm not on a diet. I'm on a no-carb Oh, no. <laughs> I'm on a no-carb experience right now. Simply because when I turn sideways, I can't tell where my waist is. <laughs> Oh no! It's become an in, it's been become an indiscernible border, such uh, similar to the Canada-U.S. border. We know that it turns the U.S. at some point. Just where exactly is it? Where does that it's hard happen? To say. Mm, hard to know. Yeah. When does the freedom start, Andy? I don't know. There are a whole lot less bootleg cigarettes, though. Brought to you by paying for cable. It, there's nothing written here. It's just blank. What? Uh, under paying for cable i got nothing on it there's nothing written down here because nobody pays for cable but you don't write i don't understand you don't write anything for anything this is all no, ad-lib go ahead right it, it is ad-lib but uh, that's just it just a blank there's just silence here nobody pays for cable so you're telling me your brain is empty oh i can give you that okay paying for cable it's like paying for sex only worse <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm sorry that we doubled back on that um brought to you by your first shave it's like sweeping the front porch only more emasculating oh man <laughs> and finally brought to you by salmon colored underwear nobody's gonna know your shame wear a belt Ah, uh, yes. If you want to actually sponsor the show, feel free once again to email us at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. Subject line, we know you're not desperate. Here's a check. Until then, you'll have to put up with all of this nonsense. Uh, I'll never stop, Andy. He, he won't ever stop. Ah, Dan, Dan, Dan. You know what? It is that time of year, my friend. The time of year when the grass is green. It's still snowing, but the grass is green in my mind. Spring training has concluded, and MLB baseball is back in full focus. There's a squad of brand new 
gentlemen that are strolling out onto that field, looking at those bright lights and ready to carve themselves a dream. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the wrong podcast to uh, wax poetic about the joys of American baseball. Strike. Uh, but I d- yeah, strike that. But I will tell you, uh, this year it is the earliest that the league has ever kicked off. Um, and in uh, in celebration of that beautiful fact, I a little birdie tells me, which is a, a, it's an interesting fact, that you've been playing MLB The Show. Is this, uh, is this true, Dan? It's true. I, I have to admit it, like... A man deep in the throes of uh, of, a, of a binge. I've done what I said I would never do. Uh, you, you, not only did you... Let me just walk this back for a second. Not only did you say you would never do it, but I believe I can remember a certain one hour and 13 minute phone call where you admonished my love of the Major League Baseball organization, game, culture, um, and, you know, and uh, left me feeling like a slimy... Uh, corporate feeding bottom sucker. And listen, now, look where we are. Look listen, where we are I now, mean, Dan. Uh, I mean, in terms of baseball, you know, I'm a Jays fan. I'm a, I'm a diehard Jays fan. I, I have the postseason hat to prove it. Uh, and I still know that Major League Baseball is run by a big old group of crusty white guys that want to name every stadium the corporate revenue flow center of uh-huh. whatever. Uh, and, and I think and that's God all bless them. And oh, here we are. Worst, here we they're are. The worst types of people. However, I'm sorry, Dan. I can't hear you. Uh, the, the muffled sound of your speaking with their uh, their big corporate bat stuffed so far down your throat. It's 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 challenging to make out the words you're saying. I. You know what? I take none of it. And I got to tell you, man, this this is something I thought would never happen because you've heard me even go on about this sports games. Why the fuck do I want to play a sports game? It's, right. You know, it's tennis. We all know what it is. It's tennis. I mean, what is tennis 2020 going to be different than 2016? EA Sports. It's in the game. And in your butt. No, and it's true that there isn't anything to iterate on. They can't reinvent it unless they want to put more robots in the outfield, which I am lasers. down for. Yeah, lasers. lasers is cool. But MLB The Show, there's so much polish on this game. Andy, you know how they got to me? They how didn't did they say... You? Come play baseball. They said, hey, Dan, do you want a road to the show? And I said, pardon? They said, do you want a road to the show? Do you want to get in the driver's seat of the rise of a double-A player making his way to the majors? And I leaned forward and I whispered, yes. Oh, man. Yeah, that is enticing. That is enticing. Dan, no exercise required, my friend. Come to the show. That's correct. So, uh, you know, Andy, when you get in the driver's seat of this thing and hit road to the show, it asks you to, you know, name and set up your player, pick pick your position. I pick pitcher. I put in uh, uh, Dan. But Dan doesn't sound like a pitcher name, does it? Uh, Oh, yeah, sure does. Uh, I don't think it does. I don't think it does. So what I picked was for the announcer voice was... Danny. So he says, "Up on the on the mound is Danny, my last name," <laughs> and it it just works. Oh, sorry, sorry, Danny, your last name. Yeah, I like that. A Danny, Danny has a Danny has a decidedly baseball ring to it. So is this MLB MLB seventeen you played or eighteen? Because eighteen Andy, just came out, and Andy, I saw yeah. Andy. Shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. It's, it's number seventeen, and oh. let me tell you, the you're way playing the old game, one. That's right. Well. Hush your still mouth. I have the new game, but I've been actually on this thing for about three weeks. Three oh, stern weeks. And You've been on the dig. 
That's right. And what I love about this game is it puts you in the driver's seat and starts you in double A. And in fact, even before that, you're in a training session with scouts scouting you and you get scout based on your performance in that in that practice session. And I got to tell you, I was tense. I was Ooh. sweat on my brow. Because like if you don't make it, right. you, you got to pay for college. That's I, I got to pay for college. Correction. My girlfriend has to pay for college. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, Andy, uh, what do you call a, a drummer whose girlfriend just broke up with him? Um, broke, homeless. <laughs> but uh, we're both on the, uh, we're both on the same wavelength there. No, having known both of us, our share of drummers. <laughs> that's right. So I digress. But so you know, I pitched the best practice that I could, and I got uh, recruited by the the Cincinnati Reds. Is that what the team is called? Uh, that is a factual baseball team, Dan. Yes! Congratulations. Mm, I know guy. that the only team you know is the Blue Jays and then the other guys. That's the other fellows. Those are um, the other folks from the ML yeah, MLBs. Th that's correct. Uh, and I mean, we all know the Yankees. Uh, you know, may, may Unfortunately. They, may they have a bus crash. Um, but no, we all know they don't travel oh, by bus. Uh, they tra <laughs> they travel by dark. they travel by hovercraft, diamond encrusted hovercraft. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, okay, a, char a chariot pulled by uh, purebred unicorns. Exactly. So you know, I put my best to and I knuckled under. I played two great seasons of double A AA and then triple A uh, before I was uh, I was eventually scouted uh, by the Cincinnati Reds and I played my Ooh. heart out for them and what i realized about this game is it really wants you to play key games and key moments but it wants you to also simulate some games um, okay i didn't do that andy i oh. <laughs> i played every single game that i was put you played in. the whole thing all, all wow 360 oh sorry excuse me not 360 161 162 162 oh. and this is a baseball fan talking why can i not remember the exact number but yes yeah, so 160 ish games yeah and it was like for my, my sweet, sweet lady, it was like I was a ball player on the road. She's like, when am I going to see you next? I'm like, ah, I just got to finish out this series, honey. I'll be back. I'll be back so, soon, babe. Don't worry. We'll have lots of quality time once, uh, once we get past the, uh, the playoffs. So the way the game works is as you play, um, you get training points for doing great things, strikeouts, you know. And uh, I, I built my player around having a killer uh, fastball and then throwing a mean changeup. And I, I just beat these two pitches uh, on the outside, you know, really work the corners. And uh, when you see a pitcher like this throwing heaters and changing it up uh, with the, the, the slow ball, uh, you know, you really see guys swinging out of their shoes. Yes, there you go. Uh, there you go, sportscaster Dan. Let me ask you a quick <laughs> little riddle. What's the, uh, what's the similarity between our audience and a box of donuts? Uh, they all have a hole in the middle? They're all glazed over right now. Oh, that's true. We lost them. We lost them. You lost cabin pressure. No, no, that's 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 actually it sounds super fascinating because yeah. here's the thing. Simulating baseball has got to be one of the it's got to be the hardest sport to simulate because everything right. else is action driven. You got hockey. You're in you're in possession of the puck. You know, you're, you're maybe managing some of the, the, the players, your wingmen that are following you up the ice or whatever, like in a very hands off kind of way. Other than that, you know, the, the, the macro parts of the game or you're managing your line changes, whatever. But other than that, you are squarely in the driver's seat. Same thing with soccer. If you're playing FIFA, that's where you're at. Football is a little different because you're pre-planning the plays, but you're still an active player. Baseball, 
the the defense is in control of the ball, which is why you know some folks can can complain about baseball being a slower paced game. It That's is right. indeed, and you know a lot of the a lot of the the best parts of baseball are in the anticipation, which is great when there's real life stakes on the ground, right? When you when you got a game that matters and you have got teams you're invested in. When you're talking about a baseball video game, though, and it doesn't matter outside of the you know the stadium of your living room. It can be challenging to create something, in my mind anyway, it would be challenging to create something that I would care about. So this I'm is, fascinated. This is you, something that they bridge the gap on very well. So great. if you're if you're first base, you're not playing the whole game. You're playing the key moments when the ball is being fielded or th- uh, to you uh, and you're making some key plays. And it's so great. Like right. even if I simulate the whole season, it'll still ask me, hey, there's a key moment in one of the the games where it's the bottom of the ninth, the bases are loaded against you, and you're two outs, you got to throw a game a game winning strike, and right. this is this is key, you know. So the game is doing like even when I'm I'm pitching, I'm only pitching the innings that I'll be pitching for, you know. So it, it does such a great job of creating that experience. Now there is still a standard, uh, you know, just play a game of baseball version of this game, and I haven't touched on it yet. I've I've only done the you know this this version. But Road you know, to the show. just having the moments of the, the game feel so good. You know, hitting the baseball might be the hardest thing to do in professional sports. And what you really see here is you hit the baseball and it moves differently every time. Like it feels like the, the ball's coming off, off the bat in this really real way. When you're looking at the field on like a sunny day game, it looks crisp and beautiful at night. You know, nice. you have those looming shadows. It really does feel like a baseball game. That's awesome. And you know, as a baseball fan, I feel shamed at having not ever picked this game up. Um, and I, you know, I, I think it's because I, I don't know. I just, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to pick something up that I couldn't, that, that would, that would take away from some of the, uh, ex- uh, how can I put this? Let me rearticulate this. It's already an investment of your time to watch baseball. Baseball has a lot of games like every fucking day, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and you're watching most of them if you're if you're following along with the season and you're watching way you're watching baseball like every minute of your life if you're following multiple teams or if you're playing in a fantasy league like I have for the past couple years. And so the idea of then jumping into a baseball video game to further simulate baseball has always been a little bit daunting in my mind. This sounds like exactly the way to do it though cuz you're basically playing the ESPN highlights version of of baseball you know you're, you're getting the satisfaction of a full season you're getting the satisfaction of understanding you know the standings and the matchups between the teams and seeing how that plays out that's cool and that's what I think was missing in my mind like I didn't just want to play a one-off game because baseball isn't about one-off games right it's not the kind of sport it is so it's it's really cool to me that it places it in that larger context and gives you an opportunity to, to ride in and uh, and you know be a star in those moments I think that's awesome you got it, and and you get some of that inside baseball um, sure. that, that like uh, that maybe a casual fan like myself wouldn't have known. Like I'm throwing a no a no hitter, and you know I I give up you know a couple bases and I get pulled, and then they lose the game, and the manager or the coach is coming to talk to me after, and I have the choice to like throw a little tantrum or be like, hey, it's okay, coach. You know you 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 blew my lead, but. You know that's that's all right. Or you can you can throw him some real attitude, and you know this happened a couple of times. So I threw him some real attitude, 
before I knew it, I'm sitting there with the team manager and he's asking me, you know, what's with my attitude problem? And I'm saying, you know, I'm your star player. You see this? See the Cy Young Award? I'm the best you got. He's like, that's it. Danny, you're benched. And I'm like, oh, we got a little drama going on here. Oh, man. A little bit of uh, a little bit of dramatic tension. All right. Right. That's pretty neat, man. That's pretty neat. Yeah, you know, and the the last thing that I'll say about um, you know the idea behind playing MLB the show is if you want to get into professional sports, and what I mean by that is not become a professional sports player, but if you're one of those video game focused folks like myself, sitting back like let's call it eight years ago now when I was uh, you know one of my my first you know real gigs and everybody in the office was a big sports fan of some sort whether it be hockey or baseball and you're the one dude who like gets solicited for one of these sports conversations at the water cooler it can be like okay fuck i gotta get into a sport today like i just need to get into any sport so that if you're asking me about my sport i can at least have a conversation and if you're asking me about another sport i can say oh i don't like that sport i like baseball (laughs) i mean so it's it's actually great to be able to jump into a video game and learn the players and learn some of the rules that way. Because let me tell you, when you're an adult and you're soliciting, hey, how do I get into baseball from other adults? You get nothing but scorn. It's, it's, it's a, I believe me, I did the legwork. It's just, it's scorn all day. So having a, an independent way to jump into the wide world of baseball could not only be entertaining, but could save your career when the boss doesn't pass you over for a promotion because Jensen likes the Blue Jays. Nobody wants to see a 30-year-old man trying to learn T-ball. You know what I mean? Like, nah. It's just not a good look. So you hit the books, you got the names, and then you've got that fat promotion. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. And, you know, sports are, uh, in, especially in North America here, they are a bonding element between human beings. And I got to be honest, liking baseball has saved me from a lot of shame over the years. And it's funny because I've had colleagues and I've had friends who, like, don't like sports. And I can totally identify with those guys because I'm them. But then I've got my little baseball disguise that I can slip into. And whenever someone brings up sports, I could feel like one of the guys, you know what I mean? So anyway, I just blew my cover there forever, but uh, hopefully no one cool is listening to this podcast. I, I, I doubt it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. God oh, bless no. you. Oh, no. Ron, Ron, we love you. Keep Ooh. listening to the podcast. Todd, I respect that your item level is over 700 in World of Warcraft. You're doing great things. Mine is too. That's right. There you go. Um, cool, man. So uh, did you chuff a bone while you were uh, bat- settling up to bat or what? I mean, I have huffed a couple bones. Stepping would you, would you have passed the drug test? Um, I would have uh, have failed. The Olympic Committee would have ejected me. Uh, <laughs> they would have I ejaculated would have, you. I would have pissed so hot you could have seen it from the International Space Station. Uh, um, sir, his, his urine is green. It is it's, decidedly dank. That's right. I uh, I got to say, I got a contact tie from this man's uh, pee-pees. But, uh, you know, it, it does. I think that it is a performance-enhancing drug, and it did okay. get me into the zone. And uh, I actually want to dedicate my second Cy Young Award um, to uh, the Purple Urkel that I was huffing on at the time. Nice. Well, I mean, listen, no one say that weed doesn't get you somewhere. But for real, it's uh, 420 friendly? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the game walks you right up into the the skill and the difficulty. And I, I gotta say, by my two Cy Young awards, I, maybe I need to turn the difficulty up from beginner. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's playing on he's playing on toddler level. This is this is for for little Jimmy's T ball fantasy. That's right. I mean, I, it's probably time to crank it up a little because for my, our baseball fans out there, my ERA is point one nine. Oh yeah, there you go. You're rolling into fifth grade. Well, I've got four Cy Young awards. Yeah, well, my dad has six Cy Young awards, and no one's cool. No one's cool in that moment. No, no, no cool points awarded. No, none at all. That sounds great, man. I will definitely be picking up MLB The Show 18. I'm actually, I'm really stoked to jump in on it. Um, baseball season's just started for anybody that cares. Uh, you know, Blue Jays cranked one out, one or two out against the Yankees. So we're, we're off to a good start. Fuck the Yankees, Now by the we've way. lost everybody. Now, bye-bye. <laughs> so long, farewell. Yes. Uh, yes. There you go. Um, dude, I played a game called Crawl. You ever heard of it before? Oh, I've fallen face first into a crawl many times. So I was actually, so I was researching games um, that were kind of co-op, well, not kind of, that were cooperative or or multiplayer for the Switch. And admittedly, the catalog's a little bit anemic at this point. Obviously, there are new titles being ported over to the Switch every freaking day because everyone's obsessed with that console. Um, But, you know, I was looking for a strong, you know, series of games. I have a... I have a predisposition to dungeon crawlers, so I was looking specifically for something of that nature that we could we could play on the plane alongside Mario Kart, and I stumbled across this game, Crawl. It came out in 2014. Um, it's out on pretty much everything: Windows, Switch, Linux, <laughs> PlayStation 4, Mac, Xbox One. So it's got a twist. Have you played it before? Oh, I I've gone deep on Crawl, man. They the boys at Powerhoof knocked it out of the park on this one. Yeah, and you know I hadn't heard of it before, so maybe I'm coming. Well, I am coming four years late to the party, but um, crawl is a semi-competitive roguelike. So roguelikes are, you know, um, they rank among my favorite type of game. I love being able to jump in and you know grind myself up against some uh, in, some inevitably overwhelming odds, uh, and then you know do it all over again after that little bite-sized play session is over. Um, and crawl gives you that same roguelike experience. But what it does is it takes the enemies and puts them in the hand of your fellow players. So when I say it's a semi-competitive roguelike, basically you take on in beautiful pixel art fashion, because it is a very distinct, uh, I, is it 8-bit? I, I hesitate to say 8-bit. I don't think it's no, 8-bit. It's, buddy, you got to go 8-bit because it's not Street Fighter 16-bit. Yeah, that's an 8-bit presentation. Yeah, but it's, so I've always, this is actually something that kind of bugs me because I believe the 8-bit palette is more limited than what you get in a game like Crawl. Am I wrong? Um, I mean, it may or may not be, but that's the design aesthetic they're going for is that 8-bit glory. Sure, it's let's pix- call it. I mean, it's pixel art. Let's let's call a, call a spade a spade. It's just sure. pixel art regardless of the bit, the bit uh, number. Right, so it's pixel art in the style of an eight-bit game, but you know, with with some pretty beautiful visuals in terms of color palette, etc. Whenever so what you're ha- dealing with a set of eyeballs being two dots of the same color, you know, just a single dot, that gives me that eight-bit vibe, you know. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Am I playing a black mage of old, or am I playing a, a new game with an expanded color palette? It doesn't really matter at that point. Um, but with with crawl, so the, the premise of the game is that. You and between one and three other players, so up to four, start off uh, as agents of these horrifically evil gods, right? Um, And you're in a room, and your first task is to kill each other. And what's funny is, I don't know if we missed the tutorial. 
I feel like maybe there wasn't a tutorial. I don't know if we skipped it accidentally or whatever. We were very fucking confused when the three of us zoned into this game because we expected a cooperative dungeon crawler. You know, you're rolling through, you're killing enemies, you're getting loot, you're beating bosses, the whole thing, right? We're in this room, uh, and three seconds in, my good buddy to the right smashes my skull in, and I'm dead in a pool of my own blood. And this was this was so shocking to me that I first admonished him. I said, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Clearly, Friendly Fire is on. And then we restarted the game. <laughs> so, so we're back round two. We're standing there. We're trying to open the door to get out of the first room, um, all mashing on our buttons, trying to get out of this room. And then inevitably, he caves my skull in again, uh, at which point I turn into a spirit ghost and we're like maybe there's some more to this turns out the entire premise of the game is is not a traditional dungeon crawl what ends up happening is you fight to the death only one uh player remains and the entire game is an exercise in the three players that are not active roaming around like ghosts possessing the bodies of evil creatures from spiders to goblins to whatever, all of which are unique to the deity you choose at the beginning of the game and also can be upgraded, which is freaking cool. And you're trying to kill the active players. So the active players, you know, whatever, rolling around with a sword or an axe or whatever, all of those items are upgradable. And all the other three players are cooperatively trying to take him down. But it's not totally cooperative because... They all want to be the last person to inflict damage on you so they can become the active player. And you're all racing to level 10 so that you can challenge the big bad boss. And if you defeat the big bad boss, you win. It is an absolutely chaotic time. Crazy. Like, the the game gives you um, both the lust for vengeance to, like, revenge yourself upon the player who killed you last as well as this kind of team building thing that's constantly changing the ta- the target of your upset <laughs> is always changing it's a really cool social dynamic i think it makes a dynamite party game dynamite party game andy did you say that you played the first round um killed one of you killed the other and then you restarted that round thinking that wasn't what was supposed to happen we had no idea and and it actually took us a while to figure out what the fuck the game was about because once we figured out that okay only one player gets to be like the adventurer and everybody else is possessing the demons and leveling them up and you know getting experience and trying to further take down the main player and then it switches up we were then like okay we got the we got the groove of this gameplay loop but how does the game end how do you win you were you were truly feeling around in the dark. I I can see, buddy. I've uncovered what happened. So when you jump in the game for the first playthrough, it enables the tutorial. I know this because I played through it. When you restarted that initial match and the confusion of what happened in that initial melee, you unchecked the tutorial <laughs> and then launched into a game just... Uh, like completely devoid of any explanation that must have been quite an experience it was a little disorienting i won't lie though it's still really fun and you know by the time we figured out we puzzled our way through it um you know and there's lots of fun toys being thrown at you again when you're the active player if you find yourself in one of the shops there's like shops sprinkled throughout the levels you can buy yourself an increasingly more you know an increasingly impressive array of fantasy weaponry from you know 
the humble, rusty sword all the way on down to like the flaming long sword of amazing, right? And so that's cool. What's more cool though, I gotta say, is the upgradable demon skins. So every time you enter a new room, there's like these pentagrams drawn on the floor and all of the ghosts, that is to say the three not active players, can you press the action button on one of the pentagrams and randomly become one of three monsters or demons that they have access to. And those monsters and demons are A, dependent on the gods, which by the way, you can unlock as you play more and more. There's quite a few of them to unlock. So there's new monsters you can jump into the skin of all the time. And there's like a branching talent tree. So let's say for example, you're one of the gods that gets a goblin. Well, at the end of each level, you can upgrade your goblin into either like a spider goblin or a king goblin and then on and on so there's a lot of variety in the monsters you can inhabit that's almost more fun than playing the the adventurer hero who you know is chopping down characters left and right and so, i love this about the game that it it ratches up the fun for everybody and keeps the tension going so you know if the you're the player uh delving the dungeon you're trying to move as quickly through the rooms as you can to get gold uh to get and to get to the the next room before you know traps are sprung on you or you know the ghosts get a chance to do things if you're the ghost you're constantly picking up these little floating brown orbs as you as the player moves so they can summon creatures as well as grab objects in the room to throw at the creatures or bring or at the the player or bring their demons to bear and even even if you're the ghost that's not killing the human, so you're not becoming the human because you steal his humanity, you become made whole. Every time the human is killed, even if you're not becoming him, your ghost gains wrath and uses right. that wrath to upgrade his monsters. So even if you've never been the human, you're you're not doing too well. What you do find yourself is uh, as the wraith, as the ghost with the most powerful demons. And that's a good time. It's nice. It's a nice balancing mechanism that means even if you're not killing it, you, you're gaining power somewhere else. So it's fun, and, and it stays really fresh. Again, you're unlocking new gods all the time, and the, the play session is like 20 to 30 minutes. So... You know, it's not super long, um, especially once you get into the groove of it, you can get it done even quicker. It's like the perfect mobile party game. It's fun, it's quick, uh, it's confrontational, but the grudges don't stay alive because you're constantly turning over who's the active player so often. So like, you know, there's a little bit of rage going on, but there's not a lot because everyone's getting fucked all the time. And like, it's, it's an easy to pick up game. It's super button mashy, but that's okay because it's still got strategy in fact, I would say there's more strategy in being the monsters because the monsters all have really unique abilities. For the most part, the character is just like dashing around and, and swinging a sword or whatever. But the monsters, the monsters are, you know, uh, for example, there's one monster that could duplicate itself and there's another monster that can drop webbing. And, you know, all of these things, you both have to work in tandem with the other monsters as well as try and be the one that ensnares the player for the win. So it's, uh, boy, it's a sweet game. You uh, you said it uh, about the monster variability, and what this game has is that 8-bit pixel art look, but it doesn't have any of the sort of um, uh, jerky gameplay, or it's all very smooth. All the things are fun to do, and they've sure, ratcheted feels very modern. The, the, the tempo up, the tension. So no matter, at, at any point, you have something to do. So that 30-minute play session that you're talking about, it just rides right by. And if yeah, I can no say, downtime. 
something that I love about this game is that it's got that touch of cosmic horror um, in the form of the different end bosses that uh, you can face, and I, I love that. That's just great. Yeah, it's 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 got a lot. It's got a lot going for it, man. And so you know, I think that I can't really think of a better co-op experience in recent memory like a better i don't mean like a you know two-player co-op experience i mean like a four-player epic brawl out this to me is a staple i i will i will likely play this for many years to come just because the the gameplay dynamic is so unique i don't even know like maybe you can you think of any other one versus many games like it's a big theme in board games you had a lot of a lot of board i don't mean to bring it back to board games but you got a lot of board games out there that are one player versus the rest of the table but in video games it's not really a thing like you've got I mean, um go ahead you got uh, evolve um which is like a, you have a a crazy space creature or a creature from another exoplanet and hunters and somebody plays the creature and uh, you know three players play the hunter you also got that um that uh, uh oh my brain friday the 13th game uh oh where, yeah the jason one uh yeah and i you know you gotta love that that's that's a classic yeah that's one. That cool one writes itself that's cool i haven't played that one but it sounds neat i mean or the idea yeah the, the idea of like a horror Game where one person is playing Jason and just fucking with the other three. That's that's a neat neat idea. Yeah, and there's also you know anybody playing uh, against me in Goldeneye 007. It's usually like a three on one thing. And yeah, okay, you know, gotcha. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, bragging about being good at Goldeneye 007 went out of vogue in like '99. Yeah. Oh baby, I'm not worried about being vogue. I'm worried about tapping that ass with a PP7. Oh man, I'm I got that OCP90. You know, I'm unstoppable. <laughs> I like to play as Odd Job. Yeah, whatever, man. Whatever. Fuck you if you played Odd Job. By the way, um, this is a very beginner-friendly game. Like, I, unless you skip the tutorial, in which case it is an exercise <laughs> in what the fuck. <laughs> you are then personally articling through the Necronomicon. Yeah, exactly. I had to uh, I had to say a couple uh, say a couple incantations to the dark powers that be, but we managed to muscle our way through it. Um, but yeah, the, the definitely beginner friendly. You can jump, you can grab Aunt Petunia and uh, Cousin Sally and uh, you know neighbor Bob. Sit down and have a pretty damn good time because you know you're hitting like four buttons. Um, and oh, dude, so four twenty friendly. This is like high energy sativa for sure. You want this? This is an instance where you would want to have some purple crack, <laughs> right, or some green crack or something. Um, because you know you, you definitely want that adrenaline flowing. It's not a sit back and chill kind of couch lock game. Manic. It's a little yeah, bit it's manic. Yeah. Well, and I think that the spirit of the game has to be manic. Because yeah. when you settle into like when you get too strategic with it, that's the one thing I will say about the game. It it really does well with either a fresh group of players or you know a group of players that's maybe experienced but is coming to it for the first time in a day or in a play session. Because if you've played two or three times. You know, then you start breaking down the systems and you start, you know, getting a little bit too strategic with everything. And that has its own merits, but it's, it doesn't have the thrilling kind of adrenaline packed situation. Right. Um, that's why I think, you know, you play it once, twice, maybe uh, at the beginning of a, of a co-op play session and switch to something else. And, you know, you hit up, you hit up a nice sativa blunt or bowl or whatever to kick things off. That's that's a recipe for some some high octane fun. Hell yeah. That sounded like, I don't know, a Gatorade commercial. <laughs> it's extreme. It's extreme with three, no, four X's. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, 
What else did we play? Did you play anything else, Dan? I, I, I had, a, had a couple other games, but uh, what about yourself? Take the wheel, my man. Oh, man. I also played some Portal Knights. Um, I won't go too deep into it because I haven't, haven't jumped in for too long. But Portal Knights is like a, is like a Minecraft-esque RPG. It's like, yeah, it's basically Minecraft with some more RPG elements. Um, but the focus is like way less on building, way more on exploration. I played it with my wife. So you basically, you pick a class at the beginning. I was a fighter. She was a mage. And, you know, you're going around doing quests um, for, for characters in these unique worlds. And what's interesting is if you've played Minecraft before, there's a lot of the same trappings. You know, you're using your, your pickaxe or whatever to collect blocks. You can build strongholds, but again, the focus isn't really on building bases. It's more on uh, traversing the land and killing, you know, generic kind of pixely RPG enemies like slimes, etc. Um, there's, you know, there's quite a lot of stuff to make which is really neat. You know, it's it's a fun game to putt around in. The grind definitely comes in pretty early. <laughs> you find yourself you find yourself, you know, uh, grinding out portal stones, you know, kind of hunting across the land to to find the pieces that you need to make the next step happen. So that's that's I would say a lot more fun with another player than it would be solo. I probably wouldn't recommend this game solo, but um you know, despite the combat being relatively simplistic like Minecraft, it's still leagues ahead of that game in terms of, you know, what you can expect out of bashing monsters. Um, and, you know, it's got a really robust item system. It's just there's not a whole lot of emphasis on building stuff, which I think is kind of what you want in a game like that, no? Yeah. I mean, is this not kind of like a free-roaming RPG sort of builder deal like is this uh, like d I always looked at this and thought Minecraft clone H how do these games differ differ in that way yeah well I mean you know in Minecraft there really are no goals right you're playing right. Minecraft and Minecraft has a very robust system um, in which you know you've got tons of different things to collect tons of different ways to not only create you know, uh, home bases or build castles or, or whatever, but you've also got a system where you can kind of program stuff. So there's this like red, I won't go too deep into Minecraft, but there's like red dust that you can use to power on and off elevators and different, you know, items that, that will do neat stuff. You can build giant block processing factories out of, out of the, you know, the logic that's built into the game. And so a lot of the game is merely exploration. You know, it's digging down and making more and more efficient agriculture systems. And anyway, I'm sorry, this is sounding like a, a super boring game, which Minecraft is not. This game, though, doesn't really focus on the building. It focuses on the exploration, um, you know, running across these isolated worlds and that are connected through portals um, and, you know, making your way to the next one to pursue further quests and goals. And I just, I feel like that's cool, but I don't know if I want to play this game necessarily for the advancement. I more want to play a kind of game like this for the building, like Minecraft does. Minecraft has a really great way of, of you know, making you sink time into building something that is uniquely yours, giving you all the tools to make it feel like a like a really worthwhile endeavor. And in Portal Knights, you know, you, you kind of don't want to build up a base and you don't want to do a lot of the construction stuff because you're just going to be leaving for another world shortly anyhow, right? Mm, so that's, that's, that's the difference. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not per it doesn't feel 
permanent enough or significant enough to spend any real time building things. So you're kind of just grinding through and you know beating quests and, and making gear and whatever. All of that is fun. It's a great co-op experience, but I wouldn't sink the amount of time that I would sink into, for example, a Minecraft playthrough solo. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But um, yeah, beginner friendly game for sure. You know, you can jump in with another friend and the men, the uh, the tutorials really, um, really in depth. And like, listen, man, it's a creative game. So if you want to if you want to sit back and, and puff on a deep indica and just like chill out and do something fun and, and goofy, um, it's it's definitely it's definitely a great co-op option. Uh, again, I just wouldn't do it solo. Now, was, was, did you play the switch version, Andy? I did play the Switch version. Played it on the TV though. Didn't uh, didn't do the uh, the undocked mode. Not the handheld. No. I got nope. you. I got mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one little uh, one little caveat. If you are playing the Switch version, you need you each need a set of Joy-Con. So luckily, I had two. But you know, some people don't, and um, they're like a hundred bucks for a pair. So Ooh. don't. Yeah, it's, I mean, listen, it's Nintendo. It's steep. It's you need two pairs of Joy-Con to play a four-player game of Mario Kart anyway. Um, but if you don't have two pairs of Joy-Con, don't pick this up with the intention of playing it as uh, as uh, a co-op game. Yeah, that's that's a steep uh, curve for participation. That hundred-dollar controller mark. Mm-hmm. And Dan knows all there is to know about participating with a steep curve. You want to head over to the uh, smoke shop? Oh, come on, man. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, the smoke ship? Please <laughs> give me smoke ship enterprise. Mm, the smoke ship. Yeah, yeah, let's do it, man. I, uh, I, could, I could use a little, little bowl here before we truck on to the rest of the episode. Alrighty then, Dan. Welcome to the smoke sesh, dude. Are Here you we ready? Are. We've arrived. Are oh, you ready? Yeah. Are you ready to I'm blast ready. off, man? <sighs> I'm so prepared. I know. Me too. I am super prepared. Prepared in, in the in the way that I've already. I think I think you start to hit a, a moment uh, in your podcasting career, the kind of podcast where you smoke weed on air, where you've always got a bowl packed ready to go. You know what I mean? Oh at yeah, that you moment. got you got one in the chamber. Yeah, one because like the thing is, is you know you don't want it to inconvenience your evening. You want to be ready to hit that bowl and move on with your business. And so I've got a nice, big, thick bowl packed into my nice little Sherlock here um, of Granddaddy Purple today, which I'm super stoked to to go down on. Granddaddy GDP GDP hitting that hard. Yeah, it's uh, it's a strain that I actually have never tried before. Um, and, you know, I've certainly heard plenty about it. Granddaddy Purple is one of those strains that lots of folks uh, like to crossbreed to make new strains. Um, so I imagine it's a pretty solid base for your cannabidibidal uh, situations. You said it. Yeah, I did. What do you, uh, what do you got? What did you bring to the party today, Dank Dan? Oh, I brought the hog to the party. Suey. Woo, suey. Pick, pick, piggy. Yeah, so I got a I got a strain from my uh, my local nugsmith called the Hog, or the Hog. T-H, the Hog. They called me that in high school. <laughs> yeah, what did they call you that? I can't tell you. I thought they called you Coke Can. Ugh, just stop. You know? No. 
No, because uh, good to the last. There's no. You're, you will get. You always will not. Classic. Always classic. That's that was me. <laughs> no, the hog because I always smelt like bacon. That's <laughs> just uh, anyway. Um, so the hog that sounds uh, that sounds like a like a you because the thing is is I don't think that can't possibly be a real strain. Is that is that just like a bud tender nonsense strain or is that a real Ooh, thing? Ooh, Andy, can I ask you? Are you willing to put it on the line? Oh, full of shit, or or is this a real strain? Oh shit! Actually, this strain won um, won the cannabis cup, the High Times Cannabis Cup for best indica in two thousand and two. So I stand very fucking corrected. Mm, Farmer Brown's got a treat for you, oh. and it's a bowl full of hog. Pig, pig, piggy. Well, I uh, I will enjoy my granddaddy purple while you go down on the hog in a big way. Yeah, we're gonna wrestle, and it is a greased up uh, hog. So I'm gonna try and wrestle it into my grips. While I do that, do you want to talk to me a little bit about this GDP? Oh, I w- well, I'm not going to talk to you about it. I'm going to I'm going to sensorily transmit about it. I, I don't know where I'm going. I'm I'm riding a wave right now. Um, I wanted to tell you about this sweet sweet smoking innovation that I jumped on uh, jumped on earlier uh, in the week. Have you ever Have you ever Okay, so you're a blunt guy, right? Nope. You're not a blunt guy. Okay. <laughs> then that derails just about everything to do with what I wanted to talk about. Oh, no, no. Say it again. Say it again, Andy. Go give, Take two. Dank Dan, you're a blunt man, aren't you? Oh, they call me the bluntster. And they call you the blunt Coke can from down in the hog. Take three. Take three. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but for real. So I, I love blunts. I love blunts. I love smoking them. You know what I don't love smoking, though, is tobacco. Because A... I used to be helplessly addicted to tobacco, uh, and I'm still always in danger. You know, one puff on a cigar, one puff on a cigarette, and I know I'd be right back to square one because quitting tobacco is not an easy thing to do. Um, and secondly, I have this like condition, and I don't know, it's probably pretty common. A lot of people have issues with their lymph nodes. Um, but if I smoke on a cigar, if I smoke on pipe tobacco, uh, my limps will like burst into the size of a golf ball. It's pretty fucking horrific. And like they'll stay that way for six months. So I'm always a little bit tripped out about, you know, about smoking tobacco. So do you recall recently on a recent episode, maybe it was even the last episode, air quotes, last episode, um, when I picked up those primal wraps, the, uh, the yerba mate blunt? When you set your office ablaze? Yeah, that shit was awful. Let me just say, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm, you're thinking mm-hmm. of smoking on yerba mate, don't. Because it sucks, but or really, uh, really any tea. I mean, stick to the stick to steeping it. Um, but in terms of wrapping it, leave it right out. Tea is good. You know what tea is good with? A little bit of milk. It's good a with bit a of little, milk. Little sugar. Maybe even sure, some, some lemon. Honey, maybe yeah, yeah, honey, lemon, whatever. It's not good with fucking weed, especially when applied no. to heat. So yeah. forget that shit. Forget that nonsense. But. Let me tell you, I wanted to find another alternative, tobacco-free blunt wrap that I could feel good about, and I decided to chase the dragon just one more time, and shit, am I ever glad that I did. So I picked up a pack of, it's called, the brand is, uh, I think, King Palm. I don't have it in front of me right now, but it's a palm leaf-based blunt wrap. Um, It's like a pre-roll kind of cone situation. It's even got a little cigar band on it, 
and palm, palm leaf. It's palm leaf. So apparently it's palm very eco-friendly. I don't know if that was some clever marketing on the package, but apparently like the leaves regenerate very quickly. And so when they pluck them, there's like a new leaf there in a couple weeks. So it's like a very sustainable way to farm blunts. <laughs> it's a sustainable blunt farm. Um, but dude, like I, so I packed, I packed one of these palm um, blunts filled with, I think it was some golden lemons and couple things number one totally inert flavor you have no idea you're smoking palm fronds or whatever it tastes like nothing but the weed that you're smoking which is amazing exactly what i'm looking for and secondly it's extremely slow burning which is one of the big reasons why i like blunts right because if you're smoking a joint how quick is that joint going down it's it's gonna go with some haste Right. Even if you have those like slow burn papers, it still goes way quicker than I want. I like a leisurely and you're a cigar man, right? I am uh, not seven feet from me is about uh, 150 cigars. I see. So I, I think we can both agree that there's something pleasurable about being able to just chill and smoke on, you know, something tasty, something flavorful. Even if you're passing it around, I know that that's not usually the uh, the uh, MO with a cigar, but it's it's nice to be able to just sit and chill on a smoking experience you're setting is you're settling into like a truly a session experience and what you're signaling to your your friends and colleagues is that we're gonna be here for a little bit you know and listen you know as someone who loves bongs someone who loves pipes for the efficiency and the way that they deliver you know um deliver a lungful with a little bit of filtration a little bit of water sometimes i don't want that quick experience sometimes i want to sit there in the sun and leisurely puff on a cigar and in the absence of being able to smoke on a cigar because my fucking lymph nodes will go jihad Right. Um, I, (laughs) yeah, I can, I can enjoy this super slow burning, completely inert tasting palm frond. So long story short, if you love that shit, if you're all about blunts, you want to move away from the tobacco, I cannot recommend the palm fronds. I I don't even know if it's a frond. I just like the word frond. So slow down for me, buddy. What's that second word? Frond. 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 It sounds like a Frenchman is trying to to call you a good buddy. Like, oh, he's my friend. He's my good friend. (laughs) He's my good friend. Is this F R A W N? No, F R O N D. Let me define frond for you. Oh, here we go. Go deep. While you're you're looking up frond, the leaf or leaf like um, part of a palm, fern, or similar plant. So I did use that correctly. Yeah, that's so we're talking about some, some leaf anatomy here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So these boys, they get up to about two meters in length, and they actually come off the tree uh, four to seven times a year. Okay, so, th- sorry, palm fronds? Palm fronds. Palm fronds. Palm, palm, <laughs> this is something I'm ordering in, like, the Le Paris. I'll have the palm fronds. I'll have the palm <laughs> fronds, please. Yeah, man, that's fucking hilarious. And also really delicious when you're smoking it. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, again, let me just make sure. I think it is King Palm Paper or King Palm Wraps. Yeah, that's it. King Palm Wraps. Totally, that's exactly what it is. If you're not already smoking on King Palm Wraps, believe me, these guys aren't cutting me a check yet, but they should be because this shit is awesome, and I'll tell everyone about it. Awesome. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, I think you'd really like. I think you specifically would really enjoy it. Just don't go yerba mate because that shit is fucked. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I sometimes learn from the folly of others. And I saw that, that train wreck that happened to you. And while it was honestly podcast gold, deep in my heart, I was concerned for your safety. Yeah, I was concerned for my safety too. And, you know, there's also the irreparable lung damage that came from smoking fucking tea. So thanks, Primal Raps, for doing me the dirty. Yeah, Marco Polo didn't write home about the beautiful tea smokables he found in China, you know? Nah, dog. Nah. Um, despite what other debauchery Mr. Mr. Polo got up to in China. May or may not have allegedly gotten up to down down in China. Down allegedly. in China. Yes, Only sir. Genghis Khan really knows. Ah, yes. To be alive. Um, boy. So I got this GDP. This nug is just a pretty little thing. Let me break her open. She's got some nice... I mean, listen. It's granddaddy purple. So if it wasn't a little bit purple, you, you might want to be a little concerned. There's send some, it back. Send it back. That ain't GDP. There are some pronounced purple hues running through this nug. It's a little guy. It's not a huge nug. Um, maybe, you know, the way in which it was trimmed, or maybe that's just how this plant grows. I don't know. Uh, but boy, is it ever like compressed and fudgy in the middle. There's a nice frosting of trichomes all over the outside. And the smell... Oh, I mean, listen, man, you know, you assume that it's going to be sweet. Yeah, there's some sweet in there. You assume that it's going to be grapey. Yeah, there's some grapiness in there. A little fruitiness. Yep, it's all there. It's basically like smelling grape drink. You know what I mean? Those like no-name boxes of grape juice that children drink. Ugh, what a beautiful memory. And that is what this smells like. Mmm, delicious. What about you, buddy? Why don't you break down your nug for me? Well, this nug um, is it's got a nice white frosting on it. Uh, it's covering uh, the hills of green and and uh, and orange trichomes beneath. This is a crown, um, and it is really tightly packed. I have let this, uh, I must admit, sort of dry out a little bit. Um, but it's got that cake look. It's got that icing, that cake look. Ooh, cakey. And, uh, even though it's a little bit dry, if I palm it here and put the sniffer on it, what it's coming at me with is like fresh cut like cedar pine and then that just that soil vibe there's no bacon in there there's no but i'm trying to get that pork on there where's that, that rind pork, dog that, that beef i'm not pork it could i at least get a little broth maybe just a little broth worst where's the hog's nose uh there's almost no snout in this nor can i smell a curly tail but there is like a a little bit of a sweet aroma in there but like it doesn't it's not flowery or berry or candy it's just like it's just a tickle in the top of the nose and um it what it also looks like is it, it looks like the a, a cap that a, a jaunty gnome would wear while he's frockling frockling that's frolicking on a frog i, I like um, frockling frockling is a verb frockling uh, through a mushroom forest, it looks like the hat he would tip at you as he uh, bounced on by, uh, letting you know that you were in the right place and that he's pleased to see you. Quick, what's the gnome's name? Uh, Bumble Briar Bindle Wire. Uh-huh. And what color are his underpants? Uh, you know that they are a paisley brown. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, what do you think, man? You want to you wanna chief down on that? Let me uh, read you the hog. <clears throat> Now, Andy, we have a policy on this. We have two policies that you're you're stepping straight over, and I, I don't think I can allow it. We have uh, a cere- we have a cerebral policy. 
we have two policies here. Number one, Andy shall smoke first. Number two, Andy shall advise Dank Dan at the potency that he's walking headlong into. Uh, high THC. Just that's all I see here. High ah, THC. <laughs> so enjoy. There you go. Enjoy your trip into the deep world of the hog. Um, but okay, fine. If you insist, I'll go uh, Granddaddy Purple right away. <coughs> Let's get in on that's this. That's correct. All right. Ooh, baby. <sighs> Gonna do some my some of my tantric breathing. <sighs> now, Andy, while you jump down on that, I'm going to see if I can get Jeremy Irons to read about Granddaddy Purple. Oh, so smooth. Oh. Introduced in 2003 by Ken Este, mm. Granddaddy Purple, or GDP, is a famous indica cross <laughs> between Purple Urkel and Big Bud. This California staple inherits a complex grape and berry aroma from its Purple Urkel parent. Ooh, while I'm, Big I'm, Bud I'm passes popping on, out purple in my mouth. It's amazing. Keep going. Its oversized compact bud structure, GDP flowers bloom in shades of deep purple, a contrastive backdrop for its snow-like dusting of white crystal resin. Its potent psychoactive effects Uh are clearly detectable in both mind and body, delivering a fusion of cerebral euphoria and physical relaxation. While your thoughts may float in a dreamy buzz, your body is more likely to find itself fixed in one spot for the duration of GDP's effects. (laughs) Like most heavy indica varietals, GDP is typically pulled off the shelf to treat pain, stress, (laughs) insomnia, appetite loss, and muscle spasm. Mm. GDP blesses grows with massive commercial yields, which are ready for harvest following a 60-day flowering time. Oh, Jeremy, sing it to me, sir. Wow, this is a beautiful flavor. So this may be some of the best-tasting herb I've ever had the, <coughs> the, uh, the privilege of, of chiefing up on. Um, really sweet. Really sweet on the palate. Really, I-, I wouldn't say crisp. It's almost like, you know the coating you get in your mouth when you eat a marshmallow? I do. It's, it's dusty. It's yeah. It's a little like well, it's it's this. It's just it coats your tongue. It's sure. a pleasant, sweet vibe, and it's a little bit. Right. Herb, it's a little bit. Uh, how can I how can I put it? Like herbaceous. Like almost. You like, know, like a herbaceous marshmallow. Like a herbaceous marshmallow, <laughs> dude. Come on, man. Like get with it. Fuck. Listen, Fuck. man. I'm trying to talk to your palate right now, but Dickhead Dank Dan is standing in the way. Hey, palate, you there? L- let me let me back it up. Let me de douche, and I'm listening. Oh, I'm here. Good. Oh man, that's delicious. Um, you know when you when you when you drink, what do they call the uh, what do they call like a? Damn it. High C. No, you're a bartender, right? I am sure. So what's the retired? What's the, sure, of course. You 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 lay down the silver bar spoon many years ago. I I've hung up the 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 soppy bar rag. You have put away your Crocs. I have uh, of all the, retired uh, all the, the, sh- the shaker. You've, yeah, there you go. Um, what, what, what is the what is the the liquor or liqueur that you you drink after you know af- blue, after after dinner? Blue curacao. No, not blue curacao. Oh, you're it's talking about like Kino Lele. Kino it's not a I'm not not a dessert. Fernet, Fernet. Maybe yeah, it's Fernet. Fernet. Maybe it's Fernet. Yeah. It's got yeah. that to it. It's like that kind of almost medicinal. Like herbaceous note up sure. in the throat, uh, but yeah, really, like a like a Jaeger almost. Which exa- is also exa- herbaceous. No, you, you, no, dude, you nailed it. It's got there a yeah. It ja- it's totally got a Jaeger vibe. It's got the same sweetness that Jaeger's got going on. It's got the same herbaceousness that Jaeger's got going on. Now that you said Jaeger, that's exactly what this strain is doing to me right now. So it is if you are ready to fight 
uh, an invading tribe while stripping off your clothing and preparing yourself with bear blood, you will fight the interlopers. Uh, woo, I didn't hear Agree with me. I- agree with me. You know it's true. Feel it. All right. You know what? Just on principle, man. The, uh, the GDP has worked its way relaxingly into my soul. It's got a beautiful, warm coating effect over all the muscles in my body. And so I just have to say, yes, Dan, whatever the fuck you said. I love the smoke session. Andy becomes pliable. Uh, uh, and I can only use it to my, uh, my will for the next five seconds before I dive in deep myself. And it must be said, before I let it go, um, that description was brought to us, yes, by Jeremy Irons, but primarily from Leafly. We, we should give them their due. Leafly, you guys deserve all the dues. Let me tell the you. The best. Yeah. The best. You do deserve those ones because we use you every week. We use you and abuse you, and you've done nothing but be kind to us. You've shown us Just the hog. You've yes. given us your granddaddy purples. You Thank came you. over with brownies day one, and I knew what they were in there. It was already there, and you know, you guys are the neighbors that you want to move in next to. You guys are like if, if we're talking about marshmallows, you guys are like the multicolored marshmallows, those sweet pastel marshmallows, not normal marshmallows. No, no, no. You guys are the You're sweet, delight to find inside a jello mix or creative a marshmallows. That's right. Bless you. Andy, I'm going to uh, uh, seal my boosh over this, uh, this, this bong and see what I can drum up. All righty. Get in there, friend. What are you smoking out of today? Your pink bong? Um, your manly pink uh, bong? It, no, I got my, my uh, black and clear Sherlock um, sort of bell type fella, and he's going he's gonna to treat me well. Oh. You, can, you can see him on the Instagram with my new MLB 2018 acquisition, uh, hitting yes. my PlayStation 4 uh, tray as soon as I can pry Far Cry 5 out of there. Oh, man. Originally bred by TH Seeds in Amsterdam, the hog is regarded as one of the strongest strains in the world. Wow. Oh. <laughs> oh. I Danger didn't see that Robinson. one, buddy. Sorry, you asked, and uh, I missed the strongest strain in the world comment. Um, that one, was not what I... No. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> and won a High Times Cannabis Cup for the best indica in 2002. This strain is recognized by its pungent aroma indicative of its world-renowned extremely heavy body bus. Andy, can I ask you a direct question? Oh, shit. In fact, it is so potent that many advise cautionary dosage control. (laughs) Andy, can I ask you a quick question, my man? Number two, can you guide my sweet, sweet lady um, through CPR over the phone? (laughs) I certainly can. Buddy, you have jumped on the coma train. (laughs) Um, And number two, have you been sliding my my Bud Smith my nug master like some some skrilla on the side to just give me the highest potency <laughs> just just to keep this this podcast at a 10 buddy he's giving you a gas and i knew one of us would have to make the sacrifice so bless you uh, dude i think my i think my eyes just melted <laughs> <laughs> i can't i can't see you better scoop them up buddy you better scoop them up the short plant is relatively easy to grow indoors or outdoors and has a flowering time between eight and ten weeks the yield is high given the plant size, producing buds oh. with high THC content. Oh, the yield is high, my friend. Uh, yes, it is. Are you taking? Uh, have you cleared that bong uh, bowl yet, there, friend? Oh, what is this? What is this? What is this? What are you, my mother? You my bong mother? Bong mother would be a great rock band. Bong mother? Bong <laughs> mother. We are bong mother. Yeah, I think that would work. All right, focus up, podcast. Yes, sure. How's the hog going for you? 
Um, I, like I said, my eyes have melted, and I think my jaws become dislocated off the rest of my skull. Oh, yes. no. <laughs> We've entered the danger territory. Wow. Whew, it's okay. I'm just going to hold on. I'm going to hold on. You hold on for good life. Um, fitness. Yes. Fitness program. Oh, dude. Yes, yeah, so this GDP is super relaxing. Uh, I've really enjoyed that guy. The bowl is empty. The ash is there. Um, and can you say the same of your own bong? Um, yeah, this thing this thing uh, made no noise as it crossed across the threshold of my, my home. And uh, it entered my lungs without a whisper. But I can feel, I can feel it melting. Um, my the like the lattice work of my body into nothing gotcha so we're gonna see how that goes yeah um, well I, and i will tell you you did get the uh, the the nose flavors pretty spot on we got woody we got sweet and we got earthy and most helpful user it's all gravy says the hog is fire a, a guy that ta- that names himself it's all gravy what kind of voice are we dealing with um it's all gravy guy. Uh, it's all gravy guy. Is he a buffet lover or is he like uh, like a type A corporate achiever? Uh, no, you forgot the Canadian factor. He could just love poutine. Oh, it could be a poutine jam. He could be a con- poutine guy. I'll let you That's think true. on that one. It's yeah. all gravy says the hog is fire. All these people leaving negative reviews don't know anything. We don't want a review of someone's terrible growing abilities. The hog I'm smoking is tested at 29% from analytical. Oh, he's an elitist. He's like, oh, here we I go. have a lab backing. Oh, uh, the lab has said amazing. Oh, uh, they hash. sent me back from the lab, and yeah. it's all gravy, dude. Listen, his, his tasting notes here are pretty interesting. Tastes of hash, yeah. limes... Right pepper right. and blue cheese right. i mean that's cool that's cool if you can taste that deep that's i mean or else he's completely bullshitting those saying the strain elements, tastes like hash is like saying like this ham this ham tastes like a sandwich yeah that's one of the things that it gets like it's made into sure well it's those hashy notes that they're talking about like hash itself what's, has a very a, specific what's flavor a ha- what's a hashy note my dude the hashy note is when you make hash sure and you smoke on hash it's a very am i a biker Am I a biker when I'm making this hash? You, you have, to, you have to be either a biker or someone's right. dad. Like someone's okay, grandpa. My eyes. You know right. what I'm saying? So I, I, just to get in the character, I'm about to roll a joint. But mm-hmm. first I'm going to, with a hairpin, spread some oil over that joint. And then I'm going to sprinkle some broken up hash. And then I'm going to put my weed in. Okay, I'm that guy. Let's do this. I got you. I like it. I like it. You have 15 tattoos. They're all strictly green. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, you're smoking this joint in your garage while uh, you're while you're bitching about your neighbor. Yeah, man. ACDC is on, but afterwards, um, ACDC's on again. <laughs> um, you, it's all ACDC uh, all the time in your garage. You bought the motorcycle that you are currently just finished polishing because you did see Evil Knievel jump the Grand Canyon. And that is when you knew that was the coolest thing one man could aspire to do. <laughs> you bought not one, but four graphic wolf t-shirts from the local convenience store that form up your full week's wardrobe. That's right. America, you wore one of them twice. America was at the point when the way to be the biggest badass in the world is to either try to shoot yourself into space, risking certain horrible death, or traveling across a natural uh, gorge 
at risk of exploding yourself into a thousand pieces. Like that was the most badass you could be. That was the best thing you could do. I like when you descended into deep thought halfway through your sentence and began speaking like Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> oh man, I am searching for Spock right it's now. He's true. here somewhere. It's all gravy says great body high can feel behind your eyes immediately has got me feeling couch locked and not even wanting to put my wet clothes in the dryer. Hold up. <laughs> Gun- just learned a little bit about his day. And then he's, <laughs> it's, it's gotten oddly specific. <laughs> and finally, his, his parting words are gonna go take a dot, dot, dot. I don't even want to pick up Dave to go to the Olive Garden. Instead, <laughs> I'm going to build a house out of matchsticks and nobody's uh, going to stop me. Oh my God, it's incredible. Bless you, it's all gravy. Hey Dan, I think, we have to, I think we have to do it. I think we have to give our this episode's salute to It's All Gravy. Oh, no. It's All salute. Gravy, we salute you. <sighs> He'll appreciate it. We have gone my clothes and all. very far off the beaten track, my good man. So how would you, uh, how would you rate your experience with the hog so far? Uh, uh, I, do we have a do we have an approved rating scale? I give it five pods out of six squids. I mean, um, there can't for, be an approved crisp, rating scale. For crisp, for you're never Christmas. gonna you're never gonna be like oh, it's like Leafly, right? There's never a strain that's lower than four. Everything's no. always four or up because it's either like great weed or just weed, but it doesn't really right. matter because they're both weed. It's like trying to be a reviewer for pizza only. You're like, well, it's pizza, so it's pretty great. But uh. yeah, that's exactly it. Like even the worst pizzas typically clock in at at least a 6.5, which isn't good enough to be notable, but it's also not bad enough to be notable. It's like the opposite of doing reviews for pokes in the eye. You're like, sorry to give this thing more than a two star because <laughs> it was a poke in the eye. <laughs> I think the guy had some Hellman's mustard on his finger when he poked in the eye, which actually kind of <laughs> lubricated the contact a little bit. And then I had a little something to spread on this sandwich. So uh, two stars for this poke in the eye. <laughs> that is, uh, without a doubt, the greatest two-star review ever given. Um, my goodness, Dan, I would rate this GDP as a fun F. Yep. F for fun. F for fun. <laughs> I like how you picked one of the letters that's not in the abbreviation <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's amazing that's incredible f for fun is like you know so, something your mother says about that's summer somebody camp. else's mother because she's like on the spot she's like okay i normally just shriek at my children but i can't do that the neighbor kids here okay what do i do bring down tang and tell mm. them f's for fun get the tang down the <laughs> Bring down Tang. Tell them efforts for fun. Got you. Bring down some Tang. Um, oh, God, Dan. I think we need to move on here before we get too deep into our chairs. I've pushed you into the most challenging position, and uh, that is I'll say something completely ridiculous, and you have to pull this thing back on track. And I feel like that's the great challenge of this podcast is, like, trying to keep things on the rail. And I want to offer to do you, like, a quick f- favor on the back end of this thing. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Can I rapid fire some some uh, headlines that oh. of what's going on around around the game world? Can we do that? Oh, I, I think we need some accompanying news music. We need like a that's right. I'm thinking something more triumphant, and I think we should call this I don't know the dank dive. The dank dive. Did you just come up with that right now? 
Yeah, buddy, it's on. It's happening. Oh, I'm my just goodness. Going with it. I got to tell you, that is a big up top from here. All right. Now, folks, we want to jump into the dank dive. Dan, hit us with okay. the news. So, like, straight off the top, um, uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is releasing for uh, the, the Switch coming up here. Um, have you seen anything on this one? Um, well, I think Donkey Kong Co- Tropical Freeze is uh, a re-release of a Wii U title that no one played because who played Wii U? Exactly. So they brought it over, and there was actually a tweet that came out, and it was, I believe, on the Italian Twitter, and it was like, you can't, it was a DK uh, leak, and it said, uh, you can't have two without three. Somebody translated it. So anyway, uh, it sounds like they're teasing Donkey Kong 3 for the Switch, um, and uh, that uh, that's something that, that people, I think, are excited to see. Yeah. Don- so I'm sorry, Donkey Kong 3 was teased in addition to Tropical Freeze coming out this month, or May 4th. That's right. They're just dropping, they say heads are turned towards Donkey Kong. Let's... Uh, put out a cryptic uh, uh, a tweet on the Italian oh, uh, yeah. Twitter here, and here's what like I got to say: strange I, co- that seems like a strange country to break a you know a, a teaser for Donkey Kong in. Not that there's anything wrong with Italy, but like that's your choice. It's like we're gonna we're gonna release this teaser first in Roma. You know what? I love it because you know it's gonna leak slow, and it, there's something to that because when you think of Donkey Kong, what why do you is think? it gonna leak slow? Because <laughs> everyone, how many, is, everyone in I'm Italy sorry, is Andy, just too, too fucking tired you know from all the cars. Speak Italian. Do you know a lot of Italian people that are monitoring Italian Twitter? You want Italian Twitter, my man? Are you serious right now? We, we, yeah. we, don't, we don't have an so, international community of internet users that can rapidly disseminate Italian information to the right, West. Right, but I mean, listen. If you want it to go wide immediately, you put it on some kind of English channel and I got I got a deeper I got a deeper reason for this thing than that make sure you and put it on this. the English when you channel think, you yeah that's what I'm saying or put the it on Korean the, one dude, or the dude, Chinese dude, stop one stop for a second yeah put yeah. it on the English channel nothing nothing else <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> That's it. That's uh. it. I, I'm like, there must be more. So I think there's another reason why uh, this went down this way. Because when you think of Donkey Kong, what do you think of? Mario. <laughs> Pasta. Right? And, and, and Mario is Italian. It's like, take it back to the roots. That is a, that is a deep... Deep dive at uh, all right. Moving, moving on. Logic, but anyway. Moving on. So James Woods uh, tweeted accidentally about Kingdom Hearts. I'm sorry. Who's James Woods? Who is James Woods? Bite your tongue, sir. James Woods. Tiger Woods is slightly less talented, younger brother. Oh, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm going to be alone on this. This celebrity jib jab. So uh, James Woods is um, famous for such roles as Videodrome, the main character Videodrome. Not a real movie. Is a real movie, uh, a psycho, psychosexual escapade through the 80s. He actually gets climbs through a TV shirtless at one point, I believe. Never made it through the whole film. Not important. They uh, actually <laughs> make fun of him in Family Guy. It's the James, Wood, James Woods High School. It's the high school they both go to. How does He's this guy, guy tie into Kingdom Hearts? Getting there. So he plays Hades, the voice of Hades and Hercules. Okay, we're getting somewhere. Right. So um, he actually got tweeted out by somebody uh, because he's had his issues with Twitter saying, hey, haven't heard from you for a while. Uh, are they deleting your tweets? And he came back to, no, I'm pl- just playing poker and recording uh, voice, the voice for Kingdom of Hearts. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> 
Oh, James. Oh, James Woods. We salute. No, we can't salute again. But oh, over-saluted. Over-saluting. Only one salute per episode. We made we made that rule offline. That one episode after I saluted eight people without knowing. That's right. I remember uh, last episode you saluted within the first five minutes. I'm like, there's no way you can make it through. I blew, I blew my else. salute early. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you accidentally blow a salute and... Um, then she thanks you. No, but um, so, hey, James, learn the learn the fucking name of the game you're in. So, uh, uh, a super short story. My uh, my buddy or acquaintance, or I, I heard, I can't trace the origin of the story, but I did hear this story. So this guy that I, uh, I snuck, snuck backstage into an exclusive event in Vegas and into the VIP area. And he's like, across the way, I see Sly Stallone and I see Jack uh, uh, Nicholson and... Uh, I see James Woods and I move over to the food table to uh, grab some food and blend in. And I'm approached immediately by two huge bodyguards. And they're like, hey, blah, blah, are you supposed to be there? And you're like, and I responded by freezing and saying, uh, uh. And then as I'm getting escorted out, James Woods just says, act like you've been there before, kid. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so moving right along. Um, uh, Lindsay Lohan, uh, you, did you remember the, the lawsuit that she's had going on f- with Rockstar for like a bajillion years? Uh, Lindsay Lohan has a, a lawsuit out with Rockstar? Yeah, let me get you up to speed. So, uh, I don't know Lilo, why I said lawsuit out like it's a library book. It's out. She dropped it. She dropped her latest lawsuit. <laughs> it's, number, it's number three on the Billboard lawsuit chart. <laughs> oh, man. Go ahead. Rockstar and Lindsay Lohan <laughs> are ahead. a legal Gross. tiff. Proceed. 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 So uh, Lilo has uh, has uh, uh, asserted that the girl on the cover of their bunch of their promotional stuff and is the character in the game is uh, in fact a depiction of her. And uh, I think it's I forget which one it is in. It's after San Andreas. We won't. We won't. Uh, that was GTA Four. Straight up. Okay. There we go. I think that's it. Yeah. Anyway, just GTA Four. Um, so, and really, this girl kind of does look like Lindsay Lohan, but is more like a generalized California beach girl um, that pro- pro- probably drinks and parties too much, which is awesome because she's like, that's clearly me. She's three <laughs> Malibu wreck. rums deep, ladies and gentlemen. I know. <laughs> Precisely. She freshly uh, blown Jeremy Piven. Uh, who loses in that? I don't know. I don't Jerry, know. Who the true Jeremy does, in that. for sure. Yeah, maybe. Sorry. Because now, now his business smells like coconuts. So, anyway. Um, there was a, 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 a verdict in her case in which they said, no, that's not you, to which she appealed, and the appeal just came back, and they're like, no, that's definitely not you. That's a fictionalized, generalized uh, 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 character, and get the heck out of here. And that's right. been going on for years and years and years. So what do you think about that, Andy? Would you sue uh, a company for your likeness, should they have used it in a generalized fashion? Certainly not. I would, mm-hmm. uh, I would, I would, be, very, I would be very flattered if I was ever included in, you know, a parody or a or a video game at some point at the whim of developers, yeah, I, I think that's awesome. I do. I think I think you're right about that. Uh, Andy, did you uh, did you get a, anything about this uh, the new weapon in Fortnite, the guided missile? Um, so I actually had no. So I did not see this guided missile fiasco. Fortnite recently has jumped all the way into the mobile world, which is freaking awesome. They're conquering the world one moment at a time, uh, and apparently one guided missile at the time. So I, you got to, you got to fill me in. Uh, yeah, they leapt into the mobile market, and uh, player unknown is going. Say what? Yeah, player unknown. I have not heard 
too much fuss about that game recently. It seemed like it was dominating absolutely every conversation. And overnight, Fortnite did an about face uh, and somehow managed to eclipse PUBG. I think there's a couple reasons for it, many of which involve um, a lot of exploits in PUBG, uh, you know, their inability to kind of get that squared off to a level that anyone was satisfied. But most importantly, I feel like Fortnite has got the free-to-play thing blowing it out through every channel. Free-to-play. And they went light with the graphics, a very sort of cartoony vibe, which made it, I would guess, more portable to a, mobi- to a, to a mobile. Oh, there and you they go. they just went... We're gonna we're gonna make it happen. So anyway, new weapon, the guided missile, and basically the lowdown is on this is if you've ever seen, if you've ever been hot on those Twitch replays, you've seen some guy in Fortnite get a rocket fired at him and hopping on and going for a little rocket ride. He's riding the rocket along its fixed trajectory uh, across the map, right? Yes. So Factual. guided missile, same deal, but he can ride his or another player's rocket that then can be guided. Uh, to a new destination. And there's actually some pretty hot clips out there on the old interwebs of people using this in just the most awesome ways. And listen, this isn't by no means an, a thing that is easy to do. You have to time it just right uh, so as not to be blown up or miss. And, uh, you know, take a look. Let, you do decide if it's game-breaking or just the best thing ever. And um, I'm excited to see, you know, where they go. Because they, they have this... Um, they have this just flatbed for building a, a whole bunch of different types of games on this one game. That's what, you, and really, that's what you want. You want a guided yeah, experience you when you're riding your or your friend's rocket. Our, yeah, that's perfect. Now, moving right along, and we'll come to the surface with this last one. Le- the level five uh, development team, uh, the guys that made Nino Kune, um, uh, said they have a, a strong relationship going forward with the Switch, and they're going to be releasing RPGs uh, on that system on an ongoing basis. So, Nino Kune fans, uh, you're in luck. Yeah, Nino Nino Kune uh, came out too. Came out for PS4, I think, in the past past couple of weeks. True say. Did I say that right? Nino Kune. Nino. Like? Yeah, I think it's Nino Kune. I I have not played the game. I certainly never played the original. But it seems like a lot of folks are really into the the second one. Do you have any idea what it's about, or is this one that I'm gonna have I to look? I don't. Up? And when somebody asked me, but my buddy asked me, but he goes, "Is that na- what's that Nanny Pune game about?" I'm like, the "No, Nanny sir. Pune game." <laughs> not even close. <laughs> not even in the same world. Um, <sighs> boy, that is something. That is something. Oh, Dan, we have a listener question that came in. Uh, yeah, we, you know what? We've been getting a couple more of these recently. We just tend to forget <laughs> to actually read them out. So uh, straight out before we get into it, if you've got a listener question you'd like us to tackle uh, on the air in an altered state, please go ahead and flip us an email, purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. So the listener question uh, comes from Fran03. Thank you, Fran. What's a childhood game that you'd like to see remade that hasn't already been remade? Good one. Are, they, are there games that haven't already been remade? I mean, yeah, like um, King's Quest was one of the ones that I had thought of. It, are you? A, I mean, listen, are you a King's Quest fan? Huge point and click. Oh, uh, point and click fan. all number, over the place. Number Cut four. Is yeah. got to be the one. Absence makes the heart go yonder. No, is sir. That the one? No, number four is the Perils of Rosella. That was still a text-based game where you're typing in. It wasn't point oh, and click. Oh, you are. I'm thinking yeah. number five for the Adventures of Graham. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, for sure. Ba- That's ba- greatest one. You end up in the labyrinth and the castle at the end. And you've got the the ants and the desert stronghold. Oh, that's an amazing one. King's Quest can Five you, is a is a pleasure. Can you point and click in today's 
world is that a is that a path you can take as a game you know I, i'm pretty sure there's been some boutique games that have come out um you know that have been point and click I, there's probably a gajillion of them on on uh on steam i just you know i mean it, it would be interesting i think to have some of those point and click games on an in an ios format or maybe even on switch like i know i would definitely replay king's quest uh, probably all of them from five onward um on the switch i think that would be freaking sweet you know, it's it's such a tough call for me because I have such a love in my heart. Best games ever made are, you know, Sam and Max Hit the Road and Monkey Island, all of them. Oh, Monkey and, Island's exceptional. Oh, man. It's just, it's right on point with the tone and the humor and the setting. It's just great. And it, I mean, I cap- mean captures it, my heart. And generally such basic games point of click adventures. Right. You, you know, you're just hunting for the next stage, but there's so much charm. And um, in a know, good one, there's charm because the, the the story does something clever, and there, there's art in there. I know it yeah. sounds crazy to say that. There's like you really gotta you really gotta put it as an art form because otherwise now. And I think there's the statute statute of limitations on that one. Like anything that requires me to type a thing, to type words, to to pick up wrench. No, no. no. Hugo who done it, you're out. Space Quest. One through three, you're out. That's Police it. Quest, get out of here with that garbage. Oh, man. Police Quest asks you the question, do you want to type, look at tire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Police Quest, though, I, I, I never really latched on to that particular entry in the Sierra lineup. But, dude, some of those ones you mentioned, whether it be uh, Space Quest, which number four, the Time Rippers, blew my mind. Uh, number Space Quest six, um what the hell was the name of that one? I can't recall. That one also blew my mind. And it's funny because I'm not sure if these were just formative gaming moments. Like most of my early gaming memories come from Sierra games, whether it be King's Quest, Space Quest, Quest for Glory, whatever, right? Yeah, word, but, word to that. But I don't know if it's just these formative game moments or why I can so like evocatively remember all of the environments of those games. There have been infinite beautiful you know incredibly illustrated very evocative game worlds that i've played in whether it be in playstation 2 or playstation 4 or anything over the last decade but i don't remember any of those environments to the same level that i remember those uh, those early sierra games it's quite the thing uh, they seem to somehow capture like the infinite mystery of imagination where you felt like even though what you're looking at is like a like like you said a pretty basic image, the fact that you can look and try to interact with everything makes it feel like a, a world. Yeah, there's there's definitely something to what you're saying, you know. And and it's funny because I can even remember the fairly like benign series of tasks that you need to go through in those games because the whole game is just a grocery list. It's like first you have to click here, and then you have to click here, and then you have to go to this screen and click there, and there's a little bit of deductive reasoning that goes along, but a lot of it is pure fucking random. And it's incredible that any of us ever got through those early point and click adventures because so many of the events that happen in those games, totally fucking random. But oh man, there's there's got to be like a squadron of people out here that'll have had the same experience. Monkey Island one, I'm crushing this game, and then all of a sudden it rolls to a stop, grinds to a stop uh, while we're on the ship on the way to Monkey Island, and right. I do everything, and you're just on the ship, and I'm like, what do you do to make this thing happen? And I uh, order the <laughs> Sierra Hint book because there is no internet, sure, and I've just I need the end of this amazing game. It's like months later. 
and all I haven't done is go open cereal box because oh, inside the cereal man. box is the key that opens up the chest on board because that's a thing. That's where it was, man. The cereal box. And that's it. It, it devolves into pixel hunting. You ordered the Sierra Guide, which is impressive. You know what I did? I don't know if you What'd recall. You there was an alternative method. Oh, which was I know what you did. The 1-900 number. Phone. Oh, shit. <laughs> the I dirtiest 1-900 number ever oh, yeah. dialed somehow. Oh, for sure, man. It's a 1-900 number that I shit you not. So I loved King's Quest back in the day. I was a kid, didn't really have any concept for this shit, dialed the 1-900 number, and then just started dialing the 1-900 number on the regular to hear hints about the games. On, like, the regular. on the regular, I need I was, more. I need more. I, you know, I was on the line, lighting it up on the line with, uh, you know, with these chat services that were literally like press two to hear what you do with the radish children on scene five, right? And you're like, that oh my was God. exactly what I was gonna ask. Like, was it a guy like Gary picks up? And he's like, what can I do for you? He's like, how do I get by the rock monster? You're like, ah, the rock monster, of course. <laughs> oh, a live operator would be amazing, but no, it was, <laughs> that would be that's the best job of all. Can time. you give me the answer though in like a sexy voice i hope there's a guy working at the new york the Times cannonball sticky where <laughs> you just you dial you can't figure out the crossword you dial the hotline and like mickey picks up he's like len <laughs> len yeah yeah d uh, d35 down no problem i yeah for sure that's uh, that's an interesting oh, oh d35 you'll love this Darkwing duck Darkwing duck <laughs> Darkwing Duck, yeah. Oh, I should have known what he, they meant about uh, when they said dark duck meat. That was easy. No, it was easy. But yeah, I mean, so I spent uh, probably like $150 on this one nine hundred number one month. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I had no concept of it so because I was a kid. So, you know, my mom had to do the thing where she picks up and calls the company and gets a little heated and then describes, you know, how irresponsible it is for her, whatever, eight-year-old son to be able to call them directly and bill their phone bill. Uh, and somehow she managed to weasel out of it. But I bet that I was not the only kid who had created that situation for his betters i should have really considered that as an excuse for when i ran into a similar situation oh yeah i mean it just would have been a much better explanation for the charge on the phone bill and let me see if i can send that back through time to uh you know young dank dan there you go <laughs> there you go indeed yes sir um boy well, so no, yeah, King, nothing King, changed no nope. didn't work nope King's Quest was uh, King's Quest was definitely my pick. What about yourself? Childhood game you'd uh, like to see remade that hasn't already been remade? You know, I mean, I think I think the King's Quest, and I, I'll predict that uh, uh, Monkey Island games of that nature are going to come back when VR hits the stride, where what you need is just like an awesome story. I think that would convert over to VR very well. So my answer is going to be specifically Monkey Island One in full VR, twenty fifty. That is a. I mean, it's an interesting desire. I want. I want leisure suit or leisure suit Larry in VR. Gross. <laughs> worse. Worse than you probably can imagine. Oh my goodness! Uh, it's the chest. Just a horror is landscape. Just, I said horror. <laughs> horror. horror. <laughs> Uh, the the podcast episode is named Horror Landscape. Horror Horror <laughs> Landscape. Oh goodness! Spelling two uh, D B determined. Mm, yes, sir. Um, that, oh, dude, you know what would have been awesome in VR though. Speaking of which, 
and you don't see these anymore. Maybe there's like a specialist game out there, some niche game company that does attack helicopter sims or something. But do you remember Desert sure. Strike for Genesis? Uh, no. You don't remember Desert Strike? So it was a 3D isometric game where you play as an attack helicopter in the Middle East. Oh, yeah. No, that game's hard. It's oh, a hard game to play. Real fucking hard. As a child, I, I spent recall. months on the first level, right? Um, and that was kind of the, the landscape back then. You got really good at playing like the first six minutes of level one, and then you could never get past it. But you're a kid with no more games, so you just keep playing that one. That game's asked the question is, what would it like be like piloting a helicopter with a Sega controller from a top-down view and limited screen? Yeah, is that a question? That's that's like what that game asks you to do. It's oh, like, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's funny because you start moving across the screen so quickly that you have very little ability to interact with the things you're flying over. But it's actually quite creative because your helicopter is so fast, most of the weapons on the ground that are shooting at you take a little bit of time to orient to you speeding past. So it's almost this reaction test of how quickly can I spin my fucking helicopter around and mow down these fuckers before they track me. Boy, sounds that game accurate. Was cool. It sounds like you sounds like you read it out of the handbook handed to helicopter pi- pilots in Desert Storm. Funny fact, though, they don't pilot them in the top-down view. Strangely enough. Strangely enough. Imagine. Um, only imagine the efficacy of the top-down view in the American military. Um, Thousands of pilots have crashed into <laughs> horrible deaths, into mountains, and other treescapes. <laughs> With a controversial new viewing piloting method. Oh, just just the best. Just the best of military innovation. Um, and then my last pick for a uh, recreated game would be Comics Zone. Dude, Comic Zone. The hardest game of all time. Confirm or deny? Yeah. Oh, completely confirm. But Un- just... Uh, nigh yeah. unbeatable. It's it's like the kind of game that you just so badly want to master, especially and you know, beat. just get past level four. That's I mean, like it. Battle Toads. Like that's, I want to yeah. get past the the hyper bike smashing part. Please. Yes, and unfortunately, and I mean Battle Toads is an easy one to pick on. I don't hear Comic Zone as often as I feel like I should. That game was fucking mercilessly hard, but it had style, dude. It had some style. Moving between comic book panels. Right, um, you know, in a in a very visceral way with those beautifully hand drawn graphics, and you know the environments are all branching interactable. Paths. Branching paths. It's it's just honestly one of the neatest visual representations of a video game, and came at such an early time when it was much harder to be innovative like that. So I I really loved what Comic Zone did, and I think it would be really cool. Actually, similarly in a VR uh, situation where you could get like that three-dimensional interacting with the comic book page feel. I feel like that would be really neat. That would be incredibly uh, uh, trippy. That would be just like a mind-blowing experience. And I feel like the first, was the first drop of Comic Zone on like Sega CD, like it it, it leveraged like some stronger technology and hardware to make it happen? Yeah, I feel like that's the case. I feel like yeah. that is the case. Yeah, um, I, I don't know what it was originally for, but I know that I got it on Genesis and uh, you know played it forever. Got past the first like three levels, and that was that. Oh, it was, uh, it was on the original Genesis. Interesting. Interesting. That is interesting. Hmm. Um. You know what I'm pretty pumped about that I know you're not going to be super pumped about. There is, is they've. <laughs> 
<laughs> Please t- tell me the thing. So I think they've they've all but confirmed a Pokemon RPG coming to the Switch, which is finally. I know. I'm I'm actually I'm pretty excited about it. You know, the last Blastoise. couple Blastoise. Blastoise, do your thing. Yeah, I mean, listen, the last couple titles in the series, uh, Sun and and X and Y and Black and White, haven't really done it for me. You know, I've picked up a couple of them and haven't really been able to sink my teeth into them. Uh, but I feel like. You know, these games have literally existed in the same overall format since their inception. And I just don't really want to do the whole full-on, you know, Pokemon RPG thing again at this point. And so, um, you know, the idea that it's coming to Switch and it may mix up the traditional formula, uh, judging by some of the rumors that are going around on the interwebs, that to me seems like uh, yeah, it seems like something that I'd really be interested in checking out. Probably the game that I'm most interested in seeing um, expand its gameplay scope. Uh, you know, just anticipating the heck out of that for sure. I mean, what do you want out of your Pokemon game? Like, do you want to be on a trolley taking pictures of passing Pokemon? Yeah, uh, Pokemon Snap was a beautiful game. <laughs> So it's take, all you need. You, you take that back. The best part about that game was you could beat it in one rental, no problem. So picked up Pokemon Snap for the N64, beat it in a week. That's weekend. what I look for in my games. I'm like, I better be able to beat this in an hour. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it was specifically back in the in the olden days when uh, you were renting games and beating them within three days was usually not, the, you know, the the reality. You either ended up renting the same game enough times that you could have bought it, or never seeing the ending of a game, right? And so, right. right. And so, the idea one day when I brought home Pokemon Snap and crushed it out in like twelve hours or whatever, it was a it was a pretty neat thing. I was like, wow. I'm done with this. I haven't beaten a game almost ever on this uh, on this frugal rental strategy. So yeah, I, I, that's what I liked about Pokemon Snap. But back to your original question, what would I want out of that game? Yeah, I would want most of the things that are already in that game, with maybe some enhanced multiplayer stuff going on. You know, I feel like. A robust multiplayer system where you could play through co-op with friends or or just mess around with friends would be a really solid addition to the series. I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot you could do to it. Messing around with friends is directly uh, contradicted by the Nintendo EULA, so that's right out. What do you mean? Oh, well, a pretty oh, you hilariously, did a, you, did a, you did a funny. I did, did a, a funny. I did a funny. I did a metaphor. Um, no, you did the a metaphor. Uh, the. EULA of Nintendo's um, online agreement is notoriously and hilariously like um, stringent and explicit. It it says like something like uh, I was reading. It's like something to do with like getting together with people. <laughs> like no no meet, meeting friends or something like that. I'm like no, that's what the only thing you do on this platform. <laughs> They're like we really want to be careful that nobody's using this thing to, to traffic sex slaves like we're really we're really trying to take a stance on that oh man you know what's also what's what's great uh, the japanese like desire deep deep desire to have a game mechanic about going on a trip and taking pictures i love that that permeated like the pokemon world and it, it we've seen this gameplay mechanic in a couple places and one of them and you'll remember the name of this game was a game that we played when we were doing uh, geek safari what was okay. that japanese game we reviewed where it's literally about taking pictures on like a trip through japan oh uh takanoko 
Takanoko, where it's like, what's the gameplay mechanic? Oh, you're taking pictures of a, a famous picturesque valley. I'm like, oh, this is a Japanese game. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> man, here. It, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely not the kind of... Uh, continent that we live on where the culture is to stop and smell the roses that's not you a know what buddy not a thing we uh, have unfortunately i can throw no shade at it it was downright peaceful yeah man i mean i'm looking for a little more peace in my life so uh, i gotta i gotta say the idea of blissfully taking some photographs in the japanese countryside does does tickle me in a in a funny way it's way better uh, in terms of relaxation and uh, curing hypertension Especially when all I've had a, is a wave of using uh, wingsuit technology to dive into cult-controlled outposts and shoot every single person in the face. <clears throat> you know, it's just a different vibe. I I really want to uh, move along with what you just said, but I really don't yeah. know what it... I don't know what you said. Oh, that was a Far Cry Five reference. Any anyone who's been playing Far Cry Five has been sure. has been kicking the door in of of cultist outposts, and it's just uh, I'm just like contrasting those two game experiences. <laughs> Vastly different. I'm gonna take some pictures of uh, some frolicking Pokemon, and uh, I think my diabetes might be cured. Andy, are you still with us? <laughs> okay, we're still we're still here at the Purple Dungeon Squid. Um. Estonia knows how <laughs> He's flailing, folks. He's flailing. Uh, Estonia knows how to party, says a recent... Knows how to party. <laughs> There's a recent article from Mary Jane. Mm-mm. Mm. <laughs> um, Tell me, what's going on in Estonia? <laughs> what up, my Estonians? Oh, my Estonian friends. Uh, 80% of the public in the newly established Kanepi district voted sure. for a marijuana leaf on their uh, on their region sigil. He, he and here you've already wasted your salute. <laughs> we Go salute Estonia. You. We salute we, oh, you, Estonia. Oh, bro, their league will be finding you, sir. <laughs> I mean, do I have to I have to put like a dollar in the salute jar? Estonia is the name that you blurt out when you like want to lie about where you're from. Like, where are you from? And you're like, ah, Estonia. <laughs> oh God, bless you, Estonians. So I mean, listen, is this man. an April Fool's thing? Estonia selects a giant pot leaf for its new flag design. <laughs> like that's a that's an April Fool's article, right? I mean, I I would you would think so, but no, it's a very real sigil. And you got to admit, that's a pretty dope way to represent your region. Is that a, did you do a pun? Or? I did a funny there. I was hoping you you not it. just just right into the wall, right into the wall. <laughs> so High Times recently put out an issue that's probably most useful for today, called "What to Do yeah. When You Have Cotton Mouth." And I have not yet read through this article because I wanted to be surprised and delighted when I did so. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what High Times has to say about dry mouth. Um, obviously, it's, well, I would guess it's something that you've gotten before if you've, uh, if you've partaken in the reef. And um, there's, some, there's a little bit of science here around why it happens. I guess ingesting cannabinoids like THC and CBD can activate your saliva glands. Sounds good. And interrupt the salivary flow. Ooh, sounds bad. Yes, yes. In the submandibular glands. 
Manipular. Yeah, I've been yeah. there. It's in Estonia. <laughs> well played. So uh, High Times says, with this in mind, utilize some of the following treatments for cotton mouth. Okay. Oh, we got some treatments. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Number one. Number one. Yeah. You ready for this? Drum roll. Male please. ejaculate. Here we go. Stay hydrated. Oh, uh, water. Why didn't I think of that? Why the fuck it's have way, I not it's been way drinking easier. water? <laughs> All right. Very good. Hydrating. I'm not even going to dignify that article with a read. Now, uh, Andy, I don't have any two. water in here. So oh. Can I handle this uh, Bear grill style? Yes. Uh, number two is with mouthwash. Saltier than I'd like. Saltier than I'd like. I feel like mouthwash would indeed cure cotton mouth. I don't feel like it's something that I'd want to be swishing around in a hypersense activated mouth. You know what I mean? That That's when you're going to want to get the mildest the mildest of mouth washes i don't i don't think that that's a thing like if you're a mouthwash oh. manufacturer you're not marketing your mild mouthwash you're marketing let me tell you buddy kick the shit out of your mouthwash i have an arsenal of of mouthwash because of the different uh, preferences in the household and purchasing decisions and long story short there's everything from original listerine which is a 10 all the way to the zero which is the whitening mouthwash made by crest so the crest one uh, barely tingles the mouth you can hold it for a comfortable minute before you really send it uh, back to whence it came and then there's listerine which fun fact originally was a floor cleaner that they didn't sell very well uh-huh. so they sold it as a mouthwash and invented the disease gingivitis to make it happen mm-hmm. and next time you uh you go to purchase one and you get the original listerine do yourself a favor check it out and think while you're switching it floor cleaner and you cleaner. you get it you get it immediately so then they put the minty blast in and i mean the rest is history right um, and for this and more interesting facts tune into our sister podcast the purple denture squid <laughs> That squid took a bite out of me. Oh, he's got <laughs> teeth. Uh, number three is candy. One of the quickest fixes for cotton mouth is a piece of candy. I feel like a Jolly Rancher would work. I feel like a Werther's Original, big fucking life mistake. Sa- lifesaver, buddy. Oh, lifesaver. Life I could yeah, see that, that Werther's is going to turn your um, uh, salivary situation into a paste yes. that will you can use to hang photos on your wall. That's right. Yeah, I, uh, I, a proper adhesive. Um, I got to be honest, I've never been a Jolly Rancher fan, never before, until most recently I was at a trade show, and uh, the very nice people at the trade show who were used to getting yelled at all day long by shitty exhibitors like my good friends, uh, Mm -hmm, the neighbors, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. they were giving out free Jolly Ranchers to brighten people's days as they they mowed on through the uh, exhibition hall on their their little carts. And so Mm -hmm, I got... I was rained upon with Jolly Ranchers. I probably had maybe 10 or 12 sitting in my pocket. I had a, like a nearly religious experience with these Jolly Ranchers. I went from being a non-Jolly Rancher fan to like a 10 in one mouthful. Blue raspberry, that's all I got to say. It's a real flavor, Ooh. and it's here to stay. Nice. Blue raspberry goes along with, uh, with your, your strain of the week, the GDP. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, Jolly Rancher is like the second idea on the naming whiteboard, and above it, crossed out, is Happy Farmer. Or uh, Hot Diggity. 
<laughs> or that. That's the, that is the guy who preached that one got fired, Andy. So I'll tell you where you can get your last out, paycheck. He was out the same day. He was gone. Number four is uh, nose breathing. Make sure you're breathing through your nose. Mm. All right. Get a humidifier in the room. Do you have a humidifier, Dan? Uh, yeah, we're at 28 right now, which is not high enough. You know what? This I know about you. You are a notorious humidity junkie. You need that right. humidity at the right level or else you're not a happy man. It's it's true. And like a different humidity for different occasions. You know, if, it, if there's going to be karaoke in the room, you know, definitely keep it at like at a stern 44. Right. Um, but if you're going to be sleeping in that room, I mean, you can get it as high as 60 before you really have an issue. And I like a little uh, eucalyptus drip in there. That'll really open up the pores and uh, and exfoliate um, your your butthole. Yeah. So this cotton mouth, <laughs> <laughs> this cotton mouth article is perhaps uh, not the most oh. enlightening. I, I, I feel like, listen, I feel like a good drink. When um, when you done weed, <laughs> I feel like a good drink when you've partaken in some cannabis is probably the most welcome sidekick, right? Like, I find more than anything in those moments where I'm thirsty uh, and, you know, have that desire for my tongue to be stimulated, grabbing a nice beverage can... <laughs> talking about when, when my when my mouth is dry uh, you know what i like to put put something wet in it and really that that gets me there every time and that's oh, let man. me tell you i just clapped uh, a bunch because i'm editing that out for sure it's no, no, the best part of the podcast that's gotta stay that's gotta stay um so um high times uh writing another article in the field of well yeah <laughs> No, you're turning this into my nightmare. This is my fever okay. dream. No more um, saluting. Okay. No more saluting. No more, stop that. You're just you're wanting me to agree to an edit. It's not going to happen. This I is understand. all in the can. Hey, uh, Andy, yes. did you know that there's a bunch of streaming services that are putting things together? Can I yell a bunch of them at you? Yeah, please. Hit me, hit me sure. with those airwaves. Yeah, here they come. Uh, so uh, Microsoft is developing their quote-unquote Netflix for games. Oh, yeah. And you can see they're already put their toe in the water with their Game Pass. Um, it uh, famously had Sea of Thieves on it. Uh, more like C minus of Thieves. More no, like uh, C not a whole lot, but mostly the same thing of Thieves. It's it's one of those games that looks awesome, and I hope they do awesome things for them. And, and, and you know and, what? It's, you know. it's got it's – got, so Sea of Thieves definitely has – the backbone to down the yeah. road be an exceptional game today yeah. it is not yeah and i mean maybe it's that's great that it's on game pass you get 15 hours so what any of uh, gameplay anyway uh, microsoft is making like a next netflix for games it goes through their whole cloud strategy that they're right. kind of moving the entire business to whether it be word or whatever they're 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 loving the cloud amazon is following suit doing something similar um as well as facebook um, so when you see three big hitters and one or two big hitters and one littler hitter hitter get into the game space, sorry, who uh, is the, that? Who is the littler hitter in that trio? Face, face, Facebook, I mean, in terms of games, like when you think of right, like okay. a premier game deliverer, it's not like although that triple A Facebook title. No, yeah, I mean, why, are there even games on Facebook anymore? Like the only thing I I thought was on Facebook is is Farmville still around? I feel like that's a thing, right? Listen, if you want to get blocked by me on Facebook, uh, try to fire one of those games that way your friend uh timothy mcpherson wants you to play candy crush 
Well, no, that's funny because I want Mr. McPherson to eat a dick. <laughs> yes, I mean, you know, it's a great signifier of either, you know, someone that you don't want to befriend on Facebook or... Andy, I, I should not be so crude and, and turn that phrase around, uh, the one about uh, munching on a knob. Because first of all, I'm making it sound like a bad thing. And I mean, let's not demean those that do that. And second of all, what I mean is just just don't stop sending me. It's always the same people that send you. They're like, do you want to play, you know, heist? And, you know, Jeremy's going to get a thousand heist points. And you're like, don't do this thing. It's the modern chain letter and you're ruining my life. It is the modern chain letter. I think we can all agree that if you're playing Facebook games today, uh, you're probably my grandmother. Maybe if you love doing Farmville and you, you have the biggest farm known to man and you enjoy that, God bless you. You know, let me not let me not yuck on anyone's yum. Just, you know, leave me out of it. Ah, uh, yes, sir. Um, Dan, I think we... <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. Don't close on that. You got to put something else in there. Okay, let me, let, me br- let me break this down. Guess, guess who played Fortnite about a fortnight ago? Oh. Drake, my Drizzy Drake boy. Uh, jumped D-rake. in D Rake from the six, I think. Right out of the six. The envir- environ it. that he's uh, he's no. from. Um, boy, Drake jumped on Fortnite. So, is there anyone who's not playing Fortnite at this point? I think over four, yeah, over four hundred thousand people tuned in to watch Drake play Fortnite. That's a fucking crowd, especially on Twitch. Yeah, no kidding. Biggest numbers they've posted. Yeah, that's that is wow. That is a serious situation. Um, and listen, it it's also gone mobile recently. Fortnite has been on Roseanne, I think, said that uh, she was a player of it. Everybody's Snapchat. Roseanne. Roseanne is playing Fortnite. Yes, you heard it here. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's an interesting world, the fact that Drake has jumped in it. Do, do you think that it's over its hump? Like, how much bigger could Fortnite really get? Um, it's just, it's just, it's got so much room to move. Like, who's, who's going to uh, play Fortnite next? Well, I tell you, 66 YouTubers, <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to leave that there for Jeffy Beauregard. Jeffy. I shotgun you. Jeffy. I'll, I'll play. I'll see if on, Jeff's I'll, in, I'm in. I want a duo with Jeff. Maybe we can trio. No, oh, he might be into that. Um, you know what, Andy? Uh, following Drake, uh, uh, 66, an alliance of 66 YouTubers uh, got on their own little uh, uh, Fortnite uh, stream, and they had uh, 1.1 a million viewers um, just in the last couple of days. Wow, that is a fucking and, real situation. And you got to feel good like about that if you're Drake because they had to get 66 YouTubers together to double his number. You know what I mean? Oh, not 33, 66? Boom. 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 Oh, man. Boy, I want to park this uh, this here podcast back in the station. But first, I have to give it out to my good dude, Gene Simmons. Oh, yeah. Gene Simmons has entered the legal weed industry in Canada. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Especially because Gene. Gene, bless you. And you know what's crazy? Gene's actually pretty firmly anti-drug. So, yeah. yeah, Gene's jumped in with, I think, Invictus is the name of the LP. Yeah, Invictus. Um, and Gene is their chief evangelist, right? He's there. He's the the one out there promoting their brand, which is pretty wild because you know it, it it speaks to the uh, the shifting mindset about air quotes drugs, uh, especially from right. someone who's been so adamant about uh, narcotics. Interesting. Yeah, no, no kidding. And I mean, you know, I'm I'm Gene is 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 actually a pretty considerate and and uh, philosophical guy. Um, 
and also a business guy at heart. So sure. I think, you know, seeing the dollar bills and maybe having an open mind, uh, you know, have brought him over. And he knows real drugs. You know, he watched Ed Freely, I believe, go through pretty serious alcohol and heroin stuff, you know, so that probably fomented him. But he he's in very many ways like Donald Trump. Business guy, great promoter, never drinks himself, like completely sober, not because he's a recovering alcoholic. He just never did it. Right. And, uh, and you know, uh, recognizes an opportunity. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. He's he's the type of guy that cuz he want he goes to the Kentucky Derby and he needs to have won the Kentucky Derby. Oh, did Gene win? Yeah, Gene won. Is he bets on every horse? So he can show the winning ticket That's for the it, Kentucky man. Derby. And that's all he needs he's to just do. Like, he, he knows how to promote. And on that note, Danny boy, I think uh, why don't we say sayonara before I fall into a deep slumber while I'm talking. That's right. I am uh, rather sleepy. and Lock the, us into the chamber. The couch lock has crept on in. So listener questions or games you want us to play, shoot us an email at purpledungeonsquid at gmail.com. And if you want to hit Dank Dan on the direct tip, hit me up at DankDanPDSQ My man, My man this is the last com. fucking time we go through this <laughs> fucking Dank Dan direct worry, situation. I got dealings. I got some dealings. Get Don't out of here, Eric. And listen, while you're at it, while you're guy. emailing me, recommend me to a friend and the podcast while you're at it. I mean, it's a great one. You sure, love it. I love it. Sure, sure. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Purple Dungeon Squid. Until next time. Keep it dank. Boy, that was an elongated Q. That was a Q tip. Uh, elongated Q is, is my stage name. Uh, yep. Yep. Bye bye. Fuck, I am high.